ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Back at it again. Welcome. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast, everybody. It's going to be a great, great show today. EC3 is my guest this week. I can't wait to share this interview with you, EC3, former TNA champion, and one of the great stories of somebody that was able to leave WWE and really make a name for himself elsewhere. They say that's very, very difficult to do these days, so uh, you got to give a guy credit when he can get it done. I do want to tell you guys, though, you know, I always feel like I forget to mention it. We've all seen the wonderful, beautiful, amazing Kathy Kelly now on WWE TV. She's NXT. She's the newest backstage announcer, interviewer person at NXT. She was on the social media lounge on the WrestleMania pre-show. She was on the Hall of Fame pre-show. She was all over the place. She has the YouTube show the WWE now does every single week talking about uh, the trending topics on Twitter. Well, if you want to get to know Kathy Kelly more, then uh, subscribe to my other podcast, over at Sam Roberts Show on SiriusXM, which is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and, of course, NotSam.com. On that podcast feed, every single Monday morning, uh, I talk to—I I do the Sam and Kathy Show, uh, which is yours truly, Sam Roberts and Kathy Kelly. Now, we're not talking about wrestling, uh, but we're talking about various other things. So if you want to know Kathy Kelly better, if you want to know me better, uh, subscribe to that podcast feed as well and be a part of Sam and Kathy Every single Monday. Of course, the equally amazing, uh, ultra-talented, beautiful Katie Linendahl will be here later on for the State of Wrestling. And it's a barn burner this week. Uh, However, before we get there, we get to the interview. I missed Ethan Carter III by hours. Hours. Uh, Saturday morning of this week, I interviewed uh, EC3 while he was in town to do House of Glory and apparently to make a an appearance at Evolve on Saturday night. Now, he was a, a huge force to be reckoned with at Evolve, and I would have loved to talk to him about it, but I literally did this interview the morning before the Evolve show. However, we did get to talk a lot about uh, what he was doing when he got to WWE, about uh, his career in the original reality show version of NXT, not reality show, but you remember the the TV show they were doing on Sci-Fi. Uh, uh, we talked about uh, how he got to TNA, how he became a main eventer. So much to get into with this guy. Uh, and, and we talked about some of the releases, the Damian Sandows and Wade Barretts of the world, and whether they have a, a spot in TNA as he sees it. So uh, let's get into it. Let's uh, bring EC3 on as we start uh, this week's podcast with him. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Finally in studio with me. Finally. We've done it. EC3 is here. We're here. And we start like that, too. Yeah. I like like it, too, because you didn't, like, all right, I'm going to do an open first, and then we're right into the mix. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, like It's like you've never... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk and record yeah. it. It's like there's no – let's not over-prepare. Let's not, let's not make this into something let's it isn't. Not, no. Know, I mean that's how I've lived in my life the whole time. You know, Is that Since it? day one, just, just show up and maybe something happens. Right. Just see, just see what you're going to do. Um, well, first of all, this is what I was thinking about last night. 
You're bigger now than you've ever been, right? Uh, as far as stature, as far as physicality, or as physicality. Far as I mean, I know where you are in terms of your career. I'm like, but in I'm, terms of just being yoked the fuck up, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, like I just, just say, swole, bro. What was that old Big Show shirt? It was a uh, big all over. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like just that's back when they were trying to stick as many penis innuendos <laughs> on shirts as you they know, could. And let's let's just cut the shit right now. Dick jokes rule. Yeah, right off the bat. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm pretty yoked. I'm pretty jacked. Like I'm very fortunate right now. I'm very healthy. So yes, it's good. Now, the schedule's did, good. Are you? Uh, is that what it is? Like the fact that you have you can work on a decent schedule means you can actually have nutrition and workout time, it, and it definitely helps a lot. Like you know, even if there's a lot of or no down, no time for it, you still try to fit in as much as possible. But you know, if I'm if I work two or three days a weekend, yeah, and I have four to five days at home where I'm sleeping, eating, petting my cats, and training my ass off. It's good. It's so, good. It's very, very so beneficial. Is that what the schedule is now? You kind of work on the weekends, and yeah. generally speaking, for unless TNA is doing a set of TV tapings or something, you have pretty much the entire work week to just work. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like for better or worse. and actually sleep eight hours a night and oh, do it's it. Beautiful. That's amazing. New king size bed. I just got a Chevron from a. Bed, bath, and beyond. Surrounded by this new furniture, so my bed like room is actually comfortable. I've grown up in like you know I. Just burnt all my old Ikea furniture. <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't have to build it. No, it's, everything is, you know, it's cool and sleeps good. So. Do you start to feel like a grown-up? In theory? Like you got real furniture. That helped a lot. Yeah. Like, I actually woke up the other day holding my new nightstand like it was uh, my, <laughs> my lover from what? The, in post-coitus holding of this nightstand. I'm so happy with it. Yeah, because I think, like, people don't really realize that when you're a wrestler, especially – when you don't have that chance to stop, like I'm assuming if you were still working like a WWE schedule and you had been there from before, there wouldn't have been any time for you to actually become a person because you'd still like be on this thing where you don't really know what's going on and you're just working you're like wrestling, 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 wrestling. And then all of a sudden it stops and you go, wait a minute. My, I still got my Ikea furniture here. I never – What is this? I never actually did a life. I have a verified checkmark on my Twitter account. I have th- this? Yeah. Ikea this furniture? This is ridiculous. Yeah. No, but there's like good things and bad things with the schedule because again, the relaxation or the the little bit of time in between to like we talked about. Yeah. That kind of cool part of the lifestyle. I like wrestling and I like being on the road and but, I like being in a car with dudes who stink and like yeah shit music's playing and you're rocking out going to the next town. Yeah. I miss that aspect too. So I wish we had more of a balance of that. Like I work on the weekends and usually you know TNA's only running TV lately, so that's four or five days a month. In a yeah. Row, and then. Is that weird to you? Like when when you find out TNA is just doing TV, so it's just like all we do is do, we don't do pay per views. Really, I mean the one night only's, but we don't do pay per views that we lead up to, and no more house shows. Well, we do pay per views. Like because yeah, we got two. We oh, okay. Have, I don't and I don't know when this is gonna drop, yo. Uh-huh. But uh, let's just plug Slammiversary June twelfth while I'm here. There it is. It'll be on pay per view, right? But uh, as far as like the live events, yeah, go on. Right. Yeah, because I would think that not only just in terms of payday or whatever but just in terms of being a wrestler like that's what you do tvs so you can do the house shows and lead up to a pay-per-view every month and there's this thing that wrestling has become that tna kind of went in a totally different direction from well circumstances dictate we're a tv company right now i mean personally if i'm going to be the guy there or leading the charge somewhat i want to be on the road and i want to be bringing the product as many people as possible but we also need to be smart with the way we do it right probably Make sure when we do travel, people show up. So I need – I mean that's above my pay grade to figure that out. Like 
I have ideas, and they're very open to listening ideas, but I don't think that's the priority right now. The priority is making great television. Right, right, right. And becoming as profitable as, as possible. That would help. So they could use the money to Be, then, yeah. Being in the black is a good thing for business, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. yeah, that's what you hear. I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, who really knows for sure? So how do you end up? Because before you got to TNA, you were in WWE, but you weren't really doing anything except the NXT show way before NXT was like, Cool and hip and yeah, I loved it. It yeah. was like NXT was this because I used to watch NXT because I could tell it was this weird show that I felt like the office like wasn't watching. Yep, and so they just did whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and nobody, including you guys that were on TV, ever really knew what was going on. It was kind of just throwing shit against the wall and seeing what stuck. Right. Uh, it- it was more controlled when it was in that seasonal – like, first off, when it was on TV, you know, seasons one, two, and I think it was four weeks of season three with the uh, divas – or, excuse me, the women. Right. I prefer that anyways. I like calling them women. Right. You know, makes, although I don't know what you do with the show Total Divas. Is it called Total Women now? Yeah. Again, <laughs> yeah. No, know, they're going to call it Little Women. Little <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hell of a movie. That was a movie, right? Yeah, it was. But, uh, I, think I think it was it, a book too, but let's stick with the movie. <laughs> it's easier. I feel like it was more controlled and – I don't want to say structured, but they paid more attention to it when it was... When it was the competition when, Yeah, but it was show? on television. And then season four was the one where I showed up and we were just... By that time, it was kind of written off as a joke. And they had international TV to film, to require Mr. Filmin. So we were on the internet. Right. Oh, yeah, because it was a Hulu show then. Yeah. It was, yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was Hulu. Yeah. So, like, they kind of, in theory, maybe didn't pay as much attention. But in hindsight, that was a great thing because we got to do some cool, fun, wacky stuff. And, you know, one thing I could take from that is a plethora, I like big words, right. of experience improv in front of a live crowd. So Yeah, because you really wouldn't get the chance to improv in front of a crowd on, like, a Raw or SmackDown. <laughs> I don't know. I never really saw that. <laughs> so, <no. laughs> but, yeah, you're right. There's, there's definitely a lot more leeway to just kind of wing it. And when you're on TV and you're doing the NXT TV show, are you thinking to yourself it's just a matter of time? Before I'm there on Raw and SmackDown, or do you, or do you kind of know? You're like, I don't know that anybody knows what's going on here. Am I? You're kind of hoping, especially if you're what you're do, you're feeling like you're doing is beyond succeeding beyond the expectations of right nothing. Right. <laughs> so I mean, in again, in theory, like doing the stuff with Daniel Bryan was mm-hmm. awesome and fun, and anyone that actually watched it, it there's a soft spot in their hearts for it because it was entertaining. It was two goofballs goofing off and you know kind of reminiscent of i guess edging christian and angle humor from right you know, attitude era, so. and you're like i don't know i never thought but yeah chicks in america that, that's that's what that's it's all about the idea and i didn't trademark it so you guys can have it just someone take it and make some money with it right but so we're doing that and we're like man if this just was actually on tv I think people would really be into it. Right. And there would be, you know, we'd be made, but it just was always to a, a niche, small audience that never, never really made it. So, yeah. 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 I guess. Yeah. And then how do you end up, like, you get released or whatever from WWE? Did, and that, did you see that coming or was that a surprise? Yeah, at the time, I mean, I get it totally. This is business. Yeah. You know, and at the time where I was, you know, I would have released me too, if especially. Considering, you know, I was kind of on the road, but not really, and then I was kind of in developmental, but not really, and then, uh, you know, someone takes over a position of power, they put different guys in charge, 
you're not somebody's guy. You have no tie to that. It's business. Right. You know? like, any- like you hadn't gone quite far enough to be like, okay, he is cemented here. Yeah. But you, we're not sending you back. Just, and since you're not somebody's pet project anymore. You're just floating in outer space. Yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah. and you're striving and you're, you're doing everything you can. But, you know, if it's on the cards, it's not going to be in the cards. And, you know, there's one thing about the businesses is wrong place, wrong time. Right. Wrong place, right time. Right place, wrong time. And right place, right time. So, but, and that's something it seems like you can embrace now. Absolutely. Because obviously you were able to go to TNA and become like the guy over there. Yeah, I was in the right place at the right time. Nothing changed about the way I pursue my business or try or – work my ass off for like nothing changed to, <clears throat> just the opportunity changed yeah now how do you how does that end up happening because from the time you went to tna yeah like you come in as ec3 and it's obviously a prominent character maybe i don't know if you could say you're the guy as soon as you get there but it's a it's pretty much a main event thing it's it's something that's going to have legs regardless it right something you know again just like what probably causes me to get released new position of power Somebody comes in, mm-hmm. taking over, putting their guys in charge. Same thing happens with TNA. Someone else becomes in this position of power. He's bringing in new guys. I benefit being one of them in a role that's has legs. It could it could it could sink or it could swim, but it's going to get a shot. Yeah, you know? and it's interesting, and it put you. It ended up putting you in a good position. I feel like because even though you know you were coming off of this thing in WWE, it wasn't like they were saying, hey, look who's here. Remember that guy from NXT? They were like, this is a whole... <laughs> that curly-haired asshole? <laughs> yeah. Well, guess yeah. what? No one, no one else wanted him, so we got him. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it was like, this is a whole new entity coming in. Yeah. Like, they, they completely build you from the ground up. So was it just the management over there that had just come in were like, I really like this kid. They weren't using him over there, but we can make something out of it. Yeah, him. I think uh, it was John Gaborik who came over from WWE. So, yeah. You know, he was a guy that was on the road watching the shows in the truck, forced to probably watch, you know, the NXT we were doing when other people may have, <laughs> right. you know, been caring about actually important things. Uh-huh. And, you know, he saw something in me. And, hell, I was very fortunate. It all kind of worked out really well were you surprised when they called you and they were like hey we have this big thing for you to do here i was surprised with the idea they had for me because uh about the time i was able to legally do something with tna with the 90 days and whatnot i was uh i always talked to one of the writers dave lagana uh-huh. and uh i sent him this impassioned email about you know opportunity and he actually sent it to me um uh, a few months ago after like something successful happened like remember this i was like oh shit yeah but it was like you know well-worded professional email and i just sent it to him and uh i'll take this somewhere okay a week later you know they called up i was up in cleveland doing a tryout match and you know i flew myself in there i was mm-hmm. like hey i'll be in cleveland if you guys want to use me like, yeah, sure. Swing on by. And I was like, oh, shit. So I booked my own flight. I mean, that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, great. You'll do I anything mean, for an opportunity, right? Yeah. And uh, it worked out. And then they, a week later, they called me. Well, maybe it was like two. Whatever. They called me with that idea. Yeah. Was, you know, usually I've been on the end of people pitching you an idea for wrestling. Like, we got this great idea. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. This is going to suck. And you're yeah. here and you're like written your teeth and like, oh, my God. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Really? Yep. But they called it the nephew of Dixie Carter and kind of explained an entitled rich snob. I'm like, this is it's great this is money. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Good. Someone came up with a good idea in wrestling, right? You right. Know, so, it's, and it's 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 good too because it's it's 
important that people realize that like that email you had to you had to send emails you had to fly yourself places like mm-hmm. and that was after the WWE run and that was still when people were like ah TNA blah 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 but you go yeah. it's wrestling and it's on TV and they're doing and this is the second biggest thing there is to do so right let's right you yep. just put it everything into it and there's that's what happens I guess yeah you just Doctor Tom back in when he was coach of developmental mm-hmm. would say this thing like no matter what happens. If you want it, don't take yourself out of the game. Right, so, right, right. Did you grow up a wrestling fan? Yeah, from the time you're from the time you're born. Yeah, I guess about you know, I was a you know warrior fan. I guess around that run, the yeah, Hogan warrior stuff. I didn't like Hogan. You didn't, even as a, as a, as a kid. A fan, Jesus. Yeah, I know. I no, know yeah, that's like yeah. <laughs> I mean, DC three shoots on Hogan. <laughs> yeah. on Sam Roberts kid. No, I liked Warrior because he was just freaking insane. And yeah, jacked and crazy but as a kid did it confuse you when he kept disappearing like that was it there was no consistency with him yeah hogan was always there i think that's why maybe i didn't like you haven't seen the act i don't know i also kind of got with the antagonist too so right like like rude i like mr perfect i like those guys you like bad guys even as a kid yeah that usually doesn't like that didn't click for me until way later when i was like oh it's cool to like bad guys no now you got to be a cool heel, right? Yeah. Right, internet? <laughs> um, so then did you start working out then too? I started working out maybe in like the 96, 97 area. Mm-hmm. I was maybe not as big as a wrestling fan until maybe Poppin' Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars came back. And I was right. into it probably and I was like 13, 14 years old. So ironically enough, I started working out after I read Foley's book. Which was not the prototypical workout guy. Yeah. Any stretch. Yeah. But I was like, well, I'm like infatuated with the story. Like, what a tale. Uh, I want to do this. What did he do? Okay, I can't jump off a roof. I can't drop an elbow on the concrete every night. Uh-huh. I can't take these bumps. I guess I'll be like the other guys he described. I'll just work out instead. Right. I'm, I'll do the stuff that he said he w- couldn't do, so he did that stuff. Yep. Dil- and was that also your first like awareness of what the – of what indie wrestling is and what the sort of what it takes to get to WWE and sort TV of. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and I think when Attitude Era, when wrestling was real hot, then there was, you know, all sorts of crappy indies. Oh yeah, in the area and everybody was a professional wrestler, just like now everyone's an MMA fighter. Right, and everybody was a pro wrestler, but there was like local indies that haunted. And I was probably back at wrestling at the time, so we go to the indie shows. Uh-huh. So yeah, it all kind of coincided in that fourteen to sixteen year old. Who were the who were the indie guys that you were watching? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my dude. Uh, let's see. Do you want the good ones? I don't want to bury anybody because I'm a big star now, and like they're probably working at Taco Bell or something. <laughs> that's I remember just listening to wrestling podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I remember, you know, Wicked Billy Myers and Mojo, and they were the Renegades, and they were the OCW <laughs> Tag Team Champions, and they came out to sticks, and like you could tell Wicked Billy Myers was the promoter because he always won. Yeah, you know? and then there was Kid Quick and Black Hammer, and there was <laughs> Prince Juggalo. And, like, yes, and I remember. So is this just a guy who's an ICP fan? And yeah, like, I, I want to. So. I'm going to be Prince Juggalo. And I remember it was some, you know 30, 30 people in attendance at an indie show. And they took the fight to the outside, and like all the fans were just sitting there, and like my friends are like, "No way, we gotta watch the fight!" And like they, they were filming the fight on the outside, and like Prince Juggalo did a moonsault off a car hood. And it, was just, like, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, uh, and then who else was around there? The guy I actually. 
trained me, I discovered on the Indies, was the big daddy of destruction, J-Rock, who was my initial trainer in Cleveland, Ohio. And he was in a big feud with Richard Weed, who became who was a referee, who then became a wrestler because he got pushed around too much. And I was like, Richard Weed? Oh, Dick Weed. Dick Weed. Brilliant. <laughs> so I was in on that feud. And, you know, stuff like that. That's good. Wait, how did I, know, you... I know more indie guys than I do of, like... Like, you know, like territorial Cleveland based stuff. indie guys. Yeah. Play a wrestler name game with those. Yeah, I literally not one of those names meant anything to me. I mean, I was in New York, so I guess they never came up here. But Are you tell me Lord Zoltan doesn't ring a bell? <laughs> no. Lord Zoltan was not. No, I was. I would have said Reckless Youth or guys like well, yeah, that. But... They had a name. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. But you were. You were you weren't about the guys with the names. You were like, I, I like the underground. I like Prince Juggalo. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like P- Richard Jones, Weed. We called him. <laughs> and when I still talk to my friends, and you know, in our thirties, we talk about them to this day. You do, yeah, and yeah, yeah. There was there was one guy I remember, like, and it would be it would be so brutal because it'd be those indie shows that, like, like you said, thirty people, guys would come out to their entrances, silence. Just because there's nobody there. So it's just silence. I think I think this one was in like a library auditorium and they set the ring up. It was like it kind of it wasn't in the round, but it was like curved, you know, and they set the ring up on the stage, but it wasn't a raised stage. It was just flat. And so they were just like kind of auditorium type stadium seating raised around it. So you just have to come through the auditorium and walk down the stairs to get to the ring. And the jack master. <laughs> I'm the jack master. I'm gonna jack it. Yeah. What? What do you? Excuse what? Me? I don't. I don't think that's what we're I, here for. Right, I see your jack master, and I raise you lick z sax. <laughs> no way. Lick z sax. Lick z sax. people weren't. I guess back then, though, that was like the mid to late '90s, and there was this thing that maybe WWE could use a lick z sax. Yeah. That wouldn't be that crazy. To have, not. Amy WCW. If not, you know, ECW, like, Lixie Sex wasn't afraid to bleed. Right. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I think he's still doing it and he's still bleeding. So. Lixie Sex? Yeah. He's got, uh, you know what? He puts his time in. He's going to yeah. get there. He's going to get there. He's going to be sending. I got this really uh, professional email, very passionate email. What, what was he? Lixie Sex yeah. at AOL.com? <laughs> yeah. Lixie Sachs 469. Yeah, is something to his GeoCities website? <laughs> yeah, I don't, slash Angel Fire, I don't know. I don't know. All these great, like, uh, like stars sprinkling down from the top. Terrible gifts that would come down. Hey, you don't take yourself out of the game. No. That's the uh, – right. That's when you lose. Yep. Right? Exactly. That's when you lose, once you quit. Uh, so how did you find your trainer? Um, They opened – well, it was probably the IndieMessageBoard.com. New Era Pro Wrestling was opening a training school. And I was just kind of out of high school and, like, kind of going to college. But I'm an idiot and I should have finished. But I was, like, kind of... Not for I me, man. I wanted to wrestle. Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, I can go travel somewhere or I can start here. And right. it was just that simple. Like, the promoter who has no association with the other one was named Eddie Edwards. Mm-hmm. And I just remember meeting him in a parking lot. Handing him like five hundred dollars to start my training, and I'm like, "What am I doing with my life?" Yeah, and the school is in this kind of like old car repair shop, but small. Mm -hmm. So if it's like a sixteen foot ring, the building was probably twenty feet. And I walk in, and you know, there's a trainer, J Rock, the Big Daddy Instruction, my dude. And uh, I walk in and shake hands, whatever, and I'm like, "Go to use the bathroom." 
open the door and it's like like a shed door kind of open it and there's just a giant shit in the toilet. <laughs> and I'm like, this is my life. Yeah, this is it. Shit. <laughs> I just signed up for shit. <laughs> and I, here I am today. Did you do high school sports? Yeah, I played football and baseball. Yeah. All right. But that was just like, you were, you were a wrestling fan the whole time? I was, but I also like real sports too. Yeah. I do, so it, I had this weird balance in high school where, you know, wrestling people weren't the coolest dudes in class. Really? What school did you go to? A public school in Willoughby. Oh. So I had, I don't want to say my real friends and my wrestling friends, because my wrestling friends were obviously my real friends. They were your secret friends, though. And, I mean, we were publicly friends, but, like, you know, there was friends, all right, Friday, Saturday night, you know, with them. And then Sunday nights for the pay-per-view, I'm with them. Oh, we're going to watch Raw Monday. Right. So, you know, I had that balance, but I wasn't walking around. In Wolfpack T-shirts, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'd work out in a sleeveless one. I wasn't walking, you know, strutting, doing road dog shaky leg knees through the hallways with like, right, on. <laughs> right. Tell my teachers to suck. I was trying to be a good student. Well, yeah, I, that life. That's so funny. You're trying to be a good student, but then you end up dropping out of college so you can go work and you can go train at this terrible wrestling school. But you made the right call, didn't you? I don't know. If, <laughs> at, a, at this juncture, I'm pretty happy with my life. Yeah. Do you think about leaving wrestling? Not right now. Right. I right now you're good. Yeah, right now. Did you think about leaving wrestling after WWE? I think, yeah. You just kind of, like, you have your dream job. And at the yeah. End, it becomes a nightmare. And then you get fired. Yeah. Kind of like, what the? Well, when do you realize? Because, like, obviously you get your dream job. And you're like, okay, I got the job. I'm going to put my time in. I'm going to WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, when do you realize, I'm not going to WrestleMania? Uh, if you're open and honest with yourself, I think uh, you can, I don't know, you can see it, but, like, you can see what's working, you can see what's not working, and you can, if you understand the business, you can see, right. you know, I don't know, you know, someone else being brought in and already in a better spot within you, even though it's developmental and you've been there, and, like, just because I was hurt at a time doesn't mean I'm any good, like, right. what? Like, what was the generation that came in, like, right after you when you saw them? Not that it's any of their fault. I'm just yeah. curious in terms of the timeline. I was, like, right around 2009. And then, I I mean, I came in. I sucked. I didn't know anything. Right. And then I got torn ACL, so I was out for six months. And by the time I came back, it was uh, most of the NXT Season 1 and 2 guys were... Right, the Wade Barretts, those yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like, I go from kind of not being any good and not knowing anything... To, you know, sitting for six months, learning a lot, watching and understanding, and then come back and now I'm kind of like a veteran, but not really. Right. You haven't put it like you've yeah. the time you spent there is veteran, but the time you spent in the ring. Yeah. You've, you've got that six month gap that like is a lot. It is. And then it was right around, I guess, uh, eventually we we're doing season four of NXT and I was just like, all right, who's left down there? <laughs> These guys, okay, cool. But then at that same time, you had, like, you know, the Rollins and Ambroses yeah. coming in. Right. Stuff like that. And that had to be, like, when you see, right before you go, when you see Rollins, Ambrose, all those guys are coming in, you're like, oh, wait, now they're hiring, like, the best guys on the indies. And these guys are good at wrestling. Like, where's <laughs> Lift Sawyer? Yeah. <laughs> some, where's Troy whatever, the football player? Yeah. I these? wish they had hired Prince Juggalo. <laughs> no, but you were, like, happy to see him because, you know, I came from the indies too. Sure. I didn't make the sweet indie ROH kind of run. They did because my goal was to get signed more so than 
make a name because I always thought at that time it was you don't want to make a name for yourself as much because WWE wants to develop you. So, but that's that timing thing. Like, exactly. like WWE goes in phases, right? I think everybody goes in phases. They go like, okay, we want to build all our own guys, and so you're going, all right, I'm just going to get enough training, and then I'm going to get signed. Yeah, I'm going to do WWE. TV matches and try to learn that craft. And right. Pick those brains and work that style. So then when you leave WWE and, and you go to TNA and also the Indies, do you have to kind of recondition your brain so you can work in a different style? Not right. Like, what's cool about doing Indies right now is trying new things. Yeah. I, got, I can do TV matches still. Yeah. 10-minute TV match. Like, I got the ideas for that. And I can, you know, a 20-minute, like, good built-up match. Right. I, I know how to do that. But, like, as far as maybe working the fans that are I guess I don't want to say the smart marks but mm-hmm. that like that style the internet you know yeah yeah, yeah. shit we're talking about yeah it's cool to get in there with guys that maybe do it a little bit that I don't get a chance to work with in TV matches and experiment and play like what around. guys like uh, just last night I was at House of Glory and Chris Dickinson yes was a guy and he's like good solid hand and he gets it yeah but like you know a guy like that any I don't know. These Northeast guys. Yeah. Anybody from like this work in Evolve. Right. Like, you know, I get to work with Gargano. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do the work with the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. Those guys. Uh That was cool because we all get it. Yeah. And but we're all different. Yeah. But we all know we're different and we all make it work. And those are all guys, too, that are like there is this world of wrestling that isn't TV matches. Yeah. Like that they are making a living doing just that. Making a living super kicking people. So, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. That's cool. No, but that that's a lot of fun too because we're, I don't want to say we're contrasting styles because wrestling is wrestling, but yeah. two different styles that can get together and work each other's styles, and then it's fun because I don't get to do, oh, they got to do this shit, this shit, this shit, cool, 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 then something big, you know? Yeah. Because you don't do that on TV so uh-huh. much if you're working a guy same size. So it's cool to go get around it. It's cool to do yeah. different things, which again, too, if you're only working for one place at one time and traveling the road doing house shows the same match every night, you're not going to get out there and get real weird and different. Yeah, totally. For better or worse, even if it, even if I suck at it, like I'm learning, you know, I'm doing it. When you when you showed up, I mean, you start doing when you showed up to TNA in this spot that we were talking about. Are you? Do you have this attitude of I'm going to prove people wrong that didn't want to put me in this spot or? Did you have to rebuild your confidence? And, no, and, I was 100% ready to f- yeah. fuck everybody. Yeah. Suck my asshole. <laughs> yeah. Pieces of shit. I'm right. Fucking, I will take this entire fist <laughs> yeah. and put it right up your fucking poop shoe. <laughs> I will tickle your heart. Right. I will rip your brain out. Uh-huh. I will punt it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the mentality. And yeah. It's a good mentality to have. Yeah. Regardless of what happens where you go, like, the, have an angst and, I guess, a vendetta and motive makes you if that motivates you you know so cool your goal is to be the guy that you missed out on yeah yeah my goal yeah. is to be the guy wherever i'm at right now and like i mean it's a different time frame so it's not going to be my goal isn't to be a billionaire from wrestling or anything like that but mm-hmm. like for as long as i'm doing this exceptional i want a, a guy that's doing exceptional work and that's at the top what was it like to work with dixie carter creatively because obviously you Probably more than anyone. I mean, at that time, I guess Bubba too. But like, you know, you were everywhere with her on TV. Yeah. So what was it like to work with her? It was interesting because uh, I mean, she's a real heat magnet at the time. Yeah. When she was working as a heel, 
And I guess still today. <laughs> no, but like it was very, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say humbling. But I mean, this is the boss. Mm-hmm. You're working in a creative aspect. And then after just I guess a couple of weeks or a couple of months, they have faith in you to execute things creatively and they know you have a mind for it. Mm-hmm. And then she's asking, what do you think about this, this, and this? And you're like, well, really? Uh, this is what I think. And they're, you know, asking your advice, and that's pretty cool. So, right. And it's good to be able to, you know, I'd assume the boss of a wrestling company has a lot of things to do. So they might not be able to see everything at all times. But if they're involved in your segments, they're seeing your work. Yeah. They can appreciate your work and then therefore say, his work's good. This is where he's going. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a benefit. When, uh, so obviously that storyline revolved around you and, uh, and Bubba. When Bubba, like when guys like Bubba and Joe, yeah, leave TNA, who are these kind of established guys, do you look at that like, uh oh, this isn't great, or do you look at that like, great, that's my spot then? There's a couple ways to look at it, but before I get there, I guess one thing about Bubba was that was a guy who, you know, a locker room leader and a veteran yes. of forever. Makes you earn it, but once you earn his respect, uh-huh. you, you know, you get that thumbs up from him, mm-hmm. you're good to go. And so working with him was awesome in that retrospect that I can prove myself to guys like that, that they right. can sign off on me. We're cool. And as far as guys leaving, I mean, I think we make a huge deal out of people leaving places and trying something different. I'm all for, you know, when you do something for a long time, sometimes you want a new challenge, sometimes you want totally. to change. If I didn't have a change, I would have been probably fired yesterday with all those guys yeah if i was still there like just stuck lost low to mid card yeah if i didn't have a change i wouldn't be the guy i am today and i think changes are very important so i mean joe's killing it yeah all the guys that left and had that opportunity and do you look to like like at the guys that leave like the now even more so the the specifically guys that were because because joe he was a TNA guy, but he was also a guy who made a name for himself on the indies. And obviously Bubba had a name before he came to TNA. But like the Eric Youngs, the Bobby Roods, the guys that are kind of being – having a spotlight put on them in NXT, which it's another thing that you talk about wrestling changing. Like it used to be a thing where if you made a name for yourself in TNA, that was a TNA thing and, and WWE didn't use that. Yeah. Whereas now they obviously are. Um, do you look at that like – this is a good thing for wrestling? Absolutely. Yeah. I think especially Joe was the best guy to maybe pave that way because uh-huh. he went over there and did considerably a great job. And maybe people in WWE didn't think some of the guys that made in TNA were WWE material, but he right. just went in there and destroyed. Right. And he had something to prove, and he had a vendetta, and he had his angst, and he had, you know, he's fired up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great thing for wrestling because, A, that makes – him look great. That makes WWE look great. That makes NXT look great. And it makes us look great because we've had that. Yeah. It just makes, you know, it kind of sucks. We lost out on it for the moment. But would if the change didn't happen, would it be great? Probably not. Yeah. And I guess it, it is this thing where now it adds credibility to everybody in TNA. Right? Yeah, like, like it's so. like these are all guys because nothing's changing. They're coming over, whether it's Joe or AJ or whoever. They look just like they looked when they were in TNA, they have the same name, they have similar music, like it's the same guy. Yeah, and they're working their style. Yeah. That made them successful, and they're all doing well with it. Yeah. Like, really happy for Eric Young, too, you know? Mm-hmm. That guy, 
you don't know how good someone is until you're in the ring with them. Like you can see them and think they're good. Yeah. And like Eric Young's a guy who was always like, oh, he's really good. Then yeah. Russell, I'm like, this guy is freaking unbelievable. Uh-huh. There's just weird things that you can only do when you're in a ring with somebody. Uh-huh. So he deserves all the success in the world. He's one of the good guys too. So do you do you look at the WWE releases like probably the ones that stick out like Sandow would be a big one. Yeah, I mean, and realize like, do you see that as huge potential for TNA? I think they'd definitely be remiss to not explore that opportunity, especially because TNA sometimes has this negative reputation with however they handle talent. But I think universally across the board, those people that are negative on TNA's talent evaluation love Sandow. And I think right. Sandow, if you give Sandow freedom to creatively develop, it's it'll probably be unbelievable. So if you if you if they were like if they said EC three like of the group that left WWE or the group that just got uh, uh, canned whatever this week, who's the who's the number one draft pick there? I guess you'd have to say a Sandow. Yeah, for sure, you know. I don't even remember who else. Barrett, maybe. Barrett, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he was leaving anyways. He yeah. Was, you know, another guy that was a missed – was he a missed opportunity or just did not work out because of injuries and stuff like that? Who's to say? I'm not But well, that's back to the timing thing, right? Yeah. Like, it seemed like every time Barrett was going to go somewhere, he got injured, which is kind of the same thing that, that you had to go through. Indeed. Except he did on a way bigger <laughs> yeah, scale. Well, <laughs> yeah. A lot more money he made. <laughs> I, did it, I did it in Palaka, Florida. <laughs> Steve, Steve Lewington. Yeah. I guess that's true. But, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it was a slingshot. It wasn't him on purpose. I'm not shitting on Steve. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> You're good at catching yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. I've learned uh, to play the game. Yes. Yes, you've learned. Um, yeah, that's, uh, 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 I guess, it, what was it? It was Sandow, Barrett, Alex Riley. A-Li, yeah. Horn Dog. Yeah. Santino. Someone else, Torito. Torito. And then uh, and Cameron. But again, like, it's business. Right. It's change. It's opportunity to do something different. Right. I'm sure. And, and, and I think, and there is, like, you're finding more and more because it's happening to a lot of guys. Like, I think there's way more wrestling out there than people realize there is. And there's like, way more avenues of yeah. entertainment and creativity. And hell, there's no shame in. Being a civilian and working a real job, and yeah, being happy. I'd much rather not be stuck in the mud, lost in a shuffle, endlessly grinding my gears for no reason, than to be free to try something, right? Do something, right? You know? Right. And that's something you don't learn until it actually happens. Yeah. Because you'd be like, "I'll grind my gears forever for you, boss." <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. But there is a freedom in that, and. Yeah, I guess you have to you have to be one step removed from it, right? To yeah. realize that wait a minute, there is this kind of positive shine on it after, where I can after you know the nightmares end for a couple of weeks, uh-huh. and you're bashing your head against the wall and just pounding Jack Daniels, <laughs> and you kind of shake it off, and you're like, you know, I'm better than this, and I'm better than that, and yeah, you can, I can do anything in the world, yeah, besides surgery, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That takes some training, yeah, yeah, I, I, with you. Um, how did you react? Because you were the top bad guy in TNA for a while and doing a an extremely good job, right? And it was obviously working. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Yeah, you're damn, <laughs> you're damn right. How do you react when they're like, "Okay, you're gonna be you're gonna be a good guy now"? I react to. I guess I don't want to say because it's not the comparison, but you know, Seinfeld wanted to end on top, right? Like he didn't want to, like he wanted the stuff left in the tank, right? Because 
you want to go down as legendary. I looked at it first off as an opportunity to change what I'm doing, try mm-hmm. something different, which I'm always for. And I'm like, I've ran it this far, and there's still a lot of legs left with it, but why not? I was totally cool with it, and we were in the position where they needed a guy to be sort of a hero mm-hmm. in a sense. And I'm like, well, how do we turn a giant dick bag into a hero? <laughs> right. And I think we did the best we could. We'll name him Richard Bag, <laughs> and nobody will remember that he was a dick bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just an, an opportunity, a welcomed opportunity, and I think – my most important thing with it, and I've kind of derived from it, so I got to be careful with it, was not not losing what the character was that got it to where it was. Right. Because even though I was the villain, in a sense, people started to cheer me anyways because they were enjoying mm-hmm. it. So it was time to probably pull the switch. But why were they cheering? Because it was entertaining to them. They enjoyed right. the antics. They enjoyed the dick baggery. So <laughs> yes. They just, just turned the dick baggery to people they don't like. But you got. I think you got to stay true to the character. Like I didn't want to come in and be white meat mm-hmm. and corny. Yeah, totally. And I've did a couple corny things, and I'll do a couple more. But at the end of the day, you what'd you do that you thought was corny? Uh, I did a Three Stooges joke that was corny. Yeah, but I like loved that. it because like oh, you, know, you did. Shemp, yeah, I yeah. had to drop a Shemp reference. And, <laughs> it was also another thing with the TNA TV schedules. If we're doing five days in a row and like six or seven shows. Sometimes you're doing two shows in one day and. You have six promos and two matches and, like, a lot's going through your mind. So, yeah, yeah. I guess the corniness was a fallback to, like, I don't know. I'm walking out here with a live microphone. I have no idea what we're what we're saying. I know where we're going. I'm just going to wing it and, you know, we'll see where we cor- go. kind of corny in real life. So you just, <laughs> all right, I just going to say this. And looking back on it, yeah, I mean, it's whatever. It's a, right. forget- it's a forgettable segment, but I'm that critical of the things I do where I'd be like, oh, it's a good thing. It's a little corny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, I'll, you know, in the future weeks, I'll be, I'll do something. I think I'll do something corny. I think I do a, this week, I don't know when this airs, but like a thumb in the butt joke. <laughs> and then in a couple of weeks, I do like, like a, a couple, a kick the bucket joke that was like, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. How can I say that as a baby face? Uh-huh. And I have to turn it into something. I don't know. You know, so try not to be corny, which I'm obviously doing a terrible job of. Right. Up. But you're aware of it. That's the point. Self-awareness. Is Self-awareness key. is key. key. Now, Thanks. do you spend any time – do you worry about uh, – you know, because obviously all the internet, uh, every other day there's another person who's buying TNA. There's the Bruise Brothers and then it was Ring of Honor. And then, Ring of Honor was going to buy TNA? They said Sinclair was buying TNA. They said they – said they said the internet said if Dixie would give up her creative control, Ring of Honor is buying TNA. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> the internet has been saying – things about that place since before I walked in. Right. And as far as I know, at the end of the day, everything's been kosher and straight with me. And, you know, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't know what's popping in the office in Nashville. You'd think I would if there was something, like, big on the horizon. Yeah. But, A, maybe they keep it close to them because people like to talk to the internet. Or, Mm -hmm. B, maybe the internet just makes shit up, too. Right. Everything's speculative. I don't know. So, like, I turned that off, that filter a while ago. Yeah, is that the key to survival? To just not, especially in a place like TNA where, you know, every two weeks there's a rumor about it either signing the deal of a lifetime or closing its doors forever. You know what I mean? Like, for years, by the way, this has been going on. The way I've looked at it, especially because it's been getting hammered home, is I can only do the best with the opportunity they give me, and they give me a golden opportunity right. pretty much every week right. to wrestle and talk and entertain and, you know, Wear sexy little underwear with bedazzled. I mean, yeah, that's the key, right? That's the key. Just 
you know, bedazzled. That's exactly what I was thinking when you said, even though I'm a good guy now, I have to stay true to what the character was. I'm like, yeah, rhinestones. Rhinestones. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Dick Baggery and rhinestones. Dick Baggery and rhinestones. Yeah. So, like, I get paid to pro wrestle, and that's my dream job, and it's freaking awesome, and I get paid well. Yeah. I have no complaints. All I can do is the best I can do with what I got, and what I got is what they give me. Do you have anything nice. in mind? <laughs> you proud of yourself on that one? <laughs> do you have anything in mind for like what you would do if you weren't wrestling, whether you were injured or just got fed up with it? Uh, right now, I don't know. Maybe creative avenues in the realm of acting. Yeah. I don't think I'm Daniel Day-Lewis by any stretch of the imagination, but I can be like a B-level Ben Affleck. You think you know? so? I can be, I can be Mallrats Ben Affleck. Yeah, you except know? like you'd have to like like you're a giant man. I am a little big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're like you'd be Ben Affleck, except like you know in Mallrats, Ben Affleck throws whatever uh, uh, Jason Lee up against the wall. Mm-hmm. Whereas if an actor who looked like you did that, like the wall would have to crush and you'd right. be destroying this guy. Well, I, you know, maybe I'll get less yoked. Yeah. Maybe drop drop ten and go for more for the Hollywood physique. Think more of Men's Health instead of Flex Magazine. Oh, my God. But until then, we're staying Flex, right? Well, yeah, and and various various levels of flexing. (laughs) That's That's kind of been my motto since I worked out the first time. Yeah, just Just get... Straight flexing. Just get yoked up. Just just like chicks dig swole dudes, you know what I mean? Do they? I I think so. I don't know if I'm... There's a woman in the room. Yeah. Do chicks dig swole dudes? You can shake your head yes or no. She shrugged her shoulders like, ah. Indifference. I don't know. Like... But, you know, I don't know. I'm at this. I can't get any bigger without doing horrible things to my body. So this is this, this is, is your sign. Do you how do you do it? Do you is it like do you have a severe nutrition regimen and all this stuff? You know, I used to and I had worse results. So I've kind of gotten away with it and I've eaten more bad things as long as it's post when I work out and I've had better success with gaining yokedness. How often do you work out? Four or five days a week with weights. I okay. also have, you know, I go to Top Secret, Sweet Ass, Wrestler Gym, Hard Knock South. Yeah. Shout out, and Rob McIntyre's down there, and he's a freaking genius with weights and humor and everything in between and creativity, but mostly, you know, weights. Weights, yeah, and, that's that's a specialty. The man knows his muscles. And you're just training like a beast in there. Yes. And then what do you, what do you eat then? Meat, dude. Just a lot of meat. Meat, meat bone. How much do you have to eat? The caloric intake must be insane. I don't know. I don't count the calories as much. Uh-huh. How many, how many I, meals? You want me to give you a, day, a, yeah. a daily? Give me. Okay. Because I, I follow The Rock, right. you know, well, and eats, what he I eats. And... I don't think there's a cod left in the ocean. That <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's The Rock's new diet? 9,000 bowls of oatmeal and 800 cod with their scales on them. Like, yeah. What? He's like, you could do it too. And it's like, Rock, you eat $10,000 worth of food every day. <laughs> by the way, The Rock Clock has yet to wake me up. Is that right? Yeah, I tried it twice. <laughs> that sucks. I sleep right through. I think because I, I got the singing voice on, so it just kind of makes me fall into a deeper sleep. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm hoping that, like, it's just his WWF music that plays <laughs> to wake you up. It's not, but he does cut some promos on it. What a brand and what genius. He's the man. He's the man. He, he is one of the great human beings of all time. Seems like it. The Rock? Anytime I met him in brief passings, it was like he knew me. And yeah, he was happy to see me. And I'm like, I'm just a shitty fucking dude. Why you, you don't know me? But I appreciate. Yeah, it's so weird too that he's figured out the Rock has figured out a way to just y- yield this kind of wield. I don't know what the word is. This kind of power that he has, right? Like, yes. I, like you just look at the Rock as he 
tweeted I tweeted him happy birthday and he tweeted me back. <laughs> and it was like everything. You know what I mean? It's just grown men are just sitting there like, no, oh, The Rock tweeted me back, dude. The guy puts a smile on your face. He does. Yeah. He does. He still does. But yeah, so, so okay, take me through quick a day. Food, quick because I know people are just dying to hear what I eat. I want right. to know. All right. Uh, if I wake up, I may do cardio. I may not, depending on the day. Uh, I'll probably drink coffee and have coconut oil with it. Maybe an hour and a half later, I'll have two grass-fed beef patties. Maybe an hour and a half to two hours after that, I will have a scoop of protein and some MCT or coconut oil, and then I'll go work out and train hard. Then I will wait a half an hour after my workout, and I will do a post-workout shake with protein and carbohydrates in it. Then I will probably an hour to an hour and a half after that have uh, maybe 150 grams of white rice, carb, and two chicken breasts. And then maybe two hours after that, I would have whatever I want. I'll have some meat. I'll have some potatoes. I'll have some cheeses. I'll have some salmons. I'll have some ice cream. I will have some pancakes, whatever. I'll carb a little bit. And then prior to bed, I will have three to four eggs and maybe some grass-fed cheese. Why do you have cheese and eggs before bed? I like, you know, I like them. (laughs) You just make cook cheese omelets before bed? Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't necessarily have a reason behind it well honestly okay because you know the eggs are a good source of protein uh-huh. but if you eat eggs by themselves right you spike your insulin really so you need an offsetting fat to hopefully keep the insulin spike down so i see cool for post-working out but shut up Ethan. see you <laughs> don't you don't you don't take enough credit for this stuff you're embarrassed but you have far more like like that's why i wanted to ask you questions because you're like yeah no i just kind of eat whatever i want yeah. no you don't yeah. <laughs> like you have a regimen in a, in a sense yeah. yes but there's some leeway as far as that one meal after the rising. But you should, you should take pride in your discipline. You've disciplined yourself. This is something a lot of people, they don't have the discipline to do this. I'm humble, but I know how awesome I am at everything. So Good. That's, okay. that's, <laughs> that's the point. I'm so awesome. I have the word tattooed on my left butt cheek. True story. Just is that right? Yeah. It's on, it's on your left. How yeah. did that happen? Uh, drinking. Yeah. yeah. Is that your, how many, wh- how many tattoos do you have? Two. What's the other one? I have this little what is that? kanji thing for sweet. It just says sweet. Yeah, it's sweet in Japanese. <laughs> okay. I think it's like sweet to the taste, though, because it was... It's not like too sweet. No, it was like, we're sweet dudes. <laughs> yeah, we're like, yeah, sweet dude. Like, <laughs> You're just like, let me get dude, this. Where my, dudes, where's my car came out, we were sweet dudes, and then we all got... <laughs> the, worst the worst tattoo ever. It's literally the most dude bro <laughs> tattoo story that you yeah, could ever tell. Real dude bro. Besides the awesome tattoo, which was basically partying all day, having a great time. We're day drinking some bar. I think it was homecoming in Ohio University. And I said, I'm having such an awesome t- time right now. I get it tattooed on my ass. Yeah. And my friend's like, I'll buy it. I'm like, let's go. And then we just got it done. So I feel like the NXT Derek Bateman. Chicks in America is about as close to you as a wrestling character has gotten. Yeah, that's. I think that's <laughs> that's the youthful, yeah, collegiate, you yeah, know, happy. You know, before brain or PTSD from the wrestling business. Not brain. I don't want to make any brain jokes because people get concussions. That's no joke. But the PTSD from wrestling and just like the downtroddenness and the soul right. crushingness that's taking place right. became more of EC3. So I see. So that's you as like, yeah, I'm excited for life. Yeah. And then EC3 has been made bitter by the wrestling yeah. business but and but here he just, comes. You know, uses that bitterness. And, and now and EC3 is a good guy because EC3 is a bitter bad guy. It's very successful. Yeah. So now you like wrestling again. Yeah, but like I'm also still kind of, you know, 
I can cut the impassioned promo about you know the, why I'm bitter and things right. like that. You right, because you've had to eat a lot of shit and a lot of grass-fed beef patties. A lot of grass-fed beef, grass-fed cheese. Yeah, and grass-fed cheeses. Keep the angst, man. I'm telling you guys. That's it. That's be, the secret. Just be miserable and you'll succeed. <laughs> I love... Just eat everything. Right, right. That's and and that's. I always feel like people who succeed early. Fizzle. Bad news. Do not peak early. Bad God, news. I'm way cooler than all the guys in high school that thought they were cool. You Right? They have to be. Right. Like, right. They suck. Yeah. What are they doing with their lives? Because they didn't have any – there was nothing to build up bitterness. Yeah. There was not that thing – like they think – and then after it fizzles, they can't get it back because they just go, well, success just comes easily. Yeah. Because it did before. That's the only way I know how to get it. And it never, it never arrives again. That's right. It's sad. I mean, it's great. Are you for advocating me. treating your children like shit? Yes, yes, <laughs> I am. For the most part, I mean, there's way too much coddling that happens. There is. Yeah. Oh, everyone gets a everyone gets a trophy. Right. Let's let's talk about that. Right. I worked. I I used to. I worked at a trophy store when I was in high school. And all I think about now is how much more busy I would be <laughs> if I was still working there. Because <laughs> just the trophy manufacturing business. That's probably who started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. With everybody getting pat on the, the head. Hallmark invented Sweetest Day. Yeah. <laughs> everybody deserves a win. I also uh, have a – there's two things I appreciate uh, about you that we haven't even touched on. Number one, you put me on a T-shirt. I did. Which, there was a T-shirt that you made. By the way, no royalties. I don't think I get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, you haven't gotten any royalties that I can't. You made, you made a T-shirt with fans in the background. Oh, yeah, the at, Ken Russell shirt. And I was one of the faces on it. But the other thing, and I don't even know if anybody gets this, I'm assuming that your Twitter name, Cool Ethan. Yeah, Slackers. Yes, is that not one of the yeah. great movies of all was, time? Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while to like, be quoting it, but I remember it from the younger days. Yeah. It's about like 98. So, I think I found it on DVD in the very early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, when I was getting a hold of you for this, I went to my direct messages on Twitter and they were saved. Yeah. And that was the last thing we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Cool Ethan and Slackers. I'm like, yeah, cool. my friends have a nickname for me Cool Ethan. <laughs> Nobody calls him that. It's, uh, it's what's it? Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. 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 And he's playing this like dork with a unibrow who's <laughs> like a psychopath. He's kind of played that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he makes it work. Ridgemore or Rushmore. Rushmore. Yeah, he makes it work. You make, you know, stuck up, rich asshole, dick bag work. Yep. He makes psychotic kind of nerdy guy who's gotten pushed around a lot work. You know, everybody needs to find their niche in life. Yeah, there's no no problem with being a niche player. Well, cool, Ethan. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you finally came through. Me too. And I'm so glad we chat. made this work. Uh, uh, is there any uh, TNA stuff or anything that we should be promoting? Yeah, I mean, well, let's. I mean, pop yeah. TV, pop TV every Tuesday at nine. I think the replay is 1130 on a Saturday. Now watch it. Support wrestling. It's a good show. I think since we moved over to pop creatively, it's been really good. Uh-huh. A lot of guys, we talked about people leaving and capturing their opportunities. And by the way, a lot you've, you've hired, we should, you know, cause it's kind of a yeah. negative thing to talk about. Uh, a lot of new people have popped up in TNA. Uh, Pepper a- Parks just showed up, right? Yeah. Uh, by the time this plays, he should show up. Cherry. Yeah. We'll have new names. Um, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't pay attention to the low card. Come on, man. Top <laughs> yeah, guy. Bro. Top guy. Main event, dude. No, but like But yeah, but and now you're sharing the main event with Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett. Is which like, is awesome. Great great asset. I'm very happy we he came on board and I appreciate the way he handles his business. Yeah. So we need guys like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh 
Drew on top is killing it. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's another one. I mean, the Drew McIntyre thing. I mean, you talk about a guy who you and him are probably the top two stories of just it's all there. Because as soon as you guys leave WWE, you're like the coolest things outside of WWE, right? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. And like, you know, just opportunities come in weird places. Yeah. You know, there's no hate or bitterness or disdain for the things that happened to you in the past. There was. Well, yeah, just like I talked about tickling their brains with my fist of fury. (laughs) Right, right. That's in theory. This is in reality. Like, anything that happens to you is what makes you. Right, right. Take those challenges, and if you hold on to the angst, it's good. Even if I went back and wrestled and made a billion dollars and was the global champion of every wrestling promotion ever and featured on every wrestling pay-per-view at the top of the card, I'd still have bitterness and angst. Totally. Because it just made me who I am. Yeah. But as far as TNA. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of opportunities are present because I don't want to discredit anybody. Totally. A lot of people are getting the opportunity to shine, which is a great thing, and great work is being done. I think creatively there's some good stuff. Yeah, how's Billy Corgan? He's a rock star. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know that. He's, He's smashing cool. pumpkins. He's cool. I'm Billy Corgan. So yeah. <laughs> I'm Homer Simpson smiling politely. <laughs> He's cool, and uh, what's cool about him is a unique perspective to wrestling that may translate to outside of the wrestling bubble. So, yes. Some stuff like that. Yes. You know, and I think he's responsible for a lot of the newer things taking place, like a decay. Yeah. Of that nature. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't know who gets credit for what, but, you know, cool different stuff. That's, right. you know, and they get cool music. Thanks, BC. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't already have cool music, I'd totally hit you up. Awesome. Well, where can people also follow you on Twitter and all that? All right. I'm on Twitter at Ethan Carter TNA. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at The Real EC3. The number, not the word. EC3. The Real EC3. Well, I think I have Snapchat now. Hey. At The Real EC3 as well. Snapping. We should probably snap, should probably snap it up. Oh, you gotta, you know, whatever. I'm around. I'm on the internet. You know. Well, you can find him. It's hard yeah. to miss him at this point. Yeah, He's a big yelped up dude in the rhinestones. Yeah. Like, you know. C-list celebrity, man. <laughs> I don't know. Am I C-list or D-list? I don't know. Uh, I give you, you know what? You're a main event dude. I can give I'm, you C-list. Yeah, I'm definitely a top guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're top what, guy in wrestling? C-list celebrity. There it is. Works for me. There it is. Thank you, Ethan Carter III, for stopping by, man. Thank you. Here is Sam Roberts. Big thanks to EC3. Not a lot of people can get done in this day and age what EC3 has gotten done, and that's become a star outside of the system, uh, and he made a big point of that uh, at the Evolve show. We'll talk about the Evolve show in the state of wrestling. It's a good state of wrestling this week. So much to get into. It's a lot more than just a Raw recap, you know what I mean? So much happening in the in Ring of Honor, in Evolve, uh, the releases, the returns, a lot going on. In the world of pro wrestling, uh, and you know, you could worry about pro wrestling a lot more if you weren't worried about your finances. And, you know, uh, all of us, I can relate to it, have those times when we need a little extra money. Uh, luckily, I've got some great news for you. It's a really easy way that you can get that extra cash. How are you going to do it? You drive with Uber, of course. Uber is a, it's a smartphone app uh, that connects with other with drivers. It connects drivers to riders. As a driver, you can make extra money driving your own car. It's totally flexible. You don't have to quit your day job to make more money because Uber lets you make money on your own schedule. Whenever you need extra money, you just turn on the app and drive. You'll see. It's a few hours here. It's a few hours there. It's going to add up very, very quickly, and it's really easy to get started. First, 
You just follow these steps. Go to drivewithuber.com to sign up for free. You can do it right now on your phone. Second, answer a few basic questions about you and your car and then get approved. Third, start driving. That's really it. I told you it was easy. Uh, Start enjoying the flexibility of working when you want and earning extra money on your own schedule. It's incredible. Sign up to drive with Uber today. Go to drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com, drivewithuber.com. And now we talk about everything that's going on in this crazy, crazy world of professional wrestling, and we do it in this week's State of Wrestling with the wonderful Katie Lindendahl. Let's get to it. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. It's like we never left. Once again, here we are, State of Wrestling time, and look who's joined me, one of my favorite people on earth, Katie Lindendahl. See, look at that. You're really starting to get to a place. Like, you went all the way to the peak. You pushed the envelope to the point where it couldn't be pers- pushed any further. That's right. And I backed off from the microphone, so again, I did not blow out your eardrum. <laughs> That's right. That's right, people. I'm just looking out for you. I like that you're practicing your, like, cartoon voiceover voice. Yeah. Well, wait. I like, I like the uh Enunciate apology. every word. Every single word should be enunciated. Just because we're gone doesn't mean we're not there in spirit squad. Still got him on Camp WWE. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, this is what I want to start this thing with. To me, the most breaking news of all breaking news. Katie, I don't even know if you've heard this to tell you the truth. Well, here's here's the rumor. End of June, they're doing a show in Hawaii. For the first time in like seven years or something like that. Maybe even longer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this thing is going to be aired on the WWE Network. Okay. They're going to do it like, you know, like they did before WrestleMania and the Madison Square Garden show and the Japan show and all this stuff. Uh, it gets bigger. Mm-hmm. They are naming the show, reports have it, Bash at the Beach. <laughs> they're bringing, which was a franchise yes. of WCW for a long time. Yes. So they're bringing Bash at the Beach back. It's some outstanding promos. You want to hear? Bash at the beach. You wanna, that's right. That's right. That's why you left. <laughs> a lot of WCW mini movies. Yeah. Centered around Bash at the Beach. Uh, you want to hear what the uh, rumored card is for this thing? Sure. The women's match. Charlotte versus Asuka. Fantastic. Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar. And in the main event, John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura. That is reportedly. So here's where all this is coming from. Apparently, you know how when you watch Raw... Dude, are we going to Hawaii? I was kind of thinking that. Wait, wait, I'm already on it. (laughs) That's what you were doing on your phone, trying to book tickets? I am already on it. Dude, there there apparently was... You know how they run uh, uh, promos for the local shows on Raw? Like if you watch in New York... The upcoming Madison Square Garden show commercial comes on. If you watch in wherever, Pennsylvania, the upcoming wherever comes on. So in Hawaii, this commercial came on. There were already rumors of this thing being a WWE Network special. And now on this commercial for the live show, they have Cena Nakamura, Charlotte Asuka, and Owens Lesnar as the matches for this show. The only thing I wonder, this is the only, it's a dream show, it's a dream card, I'm optimistic about it. The only flaw I would have, and the only flaw I could see anybody having in any of it, is are they blowing their load? 
meaning are these matches matches they should be waiting for SummerSlam, WrestleMania, a pay-per-view to have, not one of these network live shows. Why would you think that, though? Because... I feel like this has the kind of taste of the July 4th special. It does, but the July 4th special wasn't loaded like this. Like, that show does, but the July 4th special really... It is a sick card. It's an amazing card. I mean, like, beyond sick. The July 4th special had one headline match, and that was it. The July 4th special was uh, Balor Owens for the NXT Championship. But it I'm wasn't... trying to understand, and I'm doing the research as we speak, but the, the, this card, this is really just falling under a live show. Right, so this is going to be, it's not a pay-per-view. And people will probably, it's the same thing Roadblock was. Remember how Roadblock was hyped up and then we realized it was not a pay-per-view and there's a big difference between a pay-per-view and a network special? This is a network special, not a pay-per-view. Yeah, but the card on this time, as compared to Roadblock, is insanely... But I think it will be built, and that's why I'm okay with it. I think it'll be built the way a house show would be built. And I think the matches... Is it live? Yeah, it'll be live. I think the matches will be uh, wrestled like house show matches would be wrestled. Like, I don't think that these are going to be... I think they'll all be looked at like exhibition matches. And I think if you want to tell a story with these matches uh, for a pay-per-view down the road, I think you can. But I don't think, like, I think, like, John Cena will probably beat Nakamura, but it'll be a good match. You know, Charlotte would probably beat Asuka because she's the WWE Women's Champion as opposed to the NXT Women's Champion. And, you know, Brock Lesnar will probably beat Kevin Owens. Like, I don't think that, that any story will be furthered by anything that happens at this Bash at the Beach show. But I think it's going to be uh, one of those dream shows for wrestling fans. I think it's, again, them using the network for what the network can be used for for wrestling fans. It's the same way, you know, right around the same time. I mean, the summer is going to be crazy for the network. Right around the same time is when the Cruiserweight series starts. So the Cruiserweight series, I think, is going to be the same way. I don't think it's going to do anything towards storyline stuff. Before you go there, though, yeah. what was your thought on when, when NXT London, we're running into a, a same scenario if it is live. Because in Honolulu, it's five hours back, right? Yeah, they'll just put it on whenever. So it's going to be live, which means that if it's at 7.30 their time, then it's five hours ahead. Right. On a Thursday. So it'll be like 2.30 in the afternoon on Thursday. It's fine. Like, it's totally... No, back it up. Oh, behind. Yeah, they're behind. So it'll be... 10.30 in the morning there, right? Oh. five hours back. Oh, I see. So if it's 7.30 at night on Thursday, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, it'll be 12.30 in the morning. over after your show. Right. Oh, yeah. Great. It'll be 12.30 in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what's so special about the network. Like, pay-per-views, it becomes a little rough, right? They tried that... uh, They've tried that. That's why they haven't done pay-per-views internationally in so long. Because the pay-per-view model, like when they did SummerSlam 92 in England. In England, it was like a huge success, right? Because it was this amazing show. Bret Hart versus the Bulldog headlining it. 80,000 plus in Wembley Stadium. Huge. But in terms of pay-per-view buys, and that was also Macho Man versus Warrior. In terms of pay-per-view buys, it didn't do well. And the reason was because they couldn't show it live in America. Because if you're going to pay $30, $40, $50 for a pay-per-view, even more nowadays, 
you have to show it live and it has to be a convenient thing. Like you're not going to pay 50 or $60 to watch SummerSlam, for instance, right. if it's not live. There's just Even if you don't have the internet. If it's not live, you're not going to pay that much money to watch a taped show. It just doesn't – for a lot of people, it does not work. Well, it just feels weird. Exactly. However, for the network, that is the type of thing where it's cool to be able – like on the July 4th special. July 4th at 7.30 in the morning, you can watch this amazing wrestling show. And if you don't get a chance to watch it, it's on demand immediately. So you can watch it right away. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't think that the to me the time doesn't do anything and it's it's a different business model anyway. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day how many people watch the show. What matters is how many people subscribe to watch the show. I'm just familiar with it because it's the same thing as Sirius XM where I work. Like we don't even report or ha- I don't know what the ratings are. The company doesn't have ratings. Which is a conversation it's we've had a thousand times. Crazy. I find very hard to believe. As a, I, I, don't, I, I still don't believe. As a performer, it's difficult because I like to know when something's working. What's more, but at the end of the day, the business model is such that all you need to do is have programming on that people want to hear so much that they'll subscribe. But there's got to be something to be said about the the sense of the trending now. And of the, the, course, the live. That's why I can't get rid of cable. Live sports. Right. I mean, it's the same. You you like that in the moment feel, but I agree with your point. You always have it to watch. Yes, and and I think that's the difference between a network special and a pay per view. That's why these network specials are these exhibitions for hardcore wrestling fans. That's what it is to me. Like I liked Roadblock in hindsight. Roadblock was built up as a pay per view, and if you looked at it like a pay per view, you were disappointed because nothing catastrophic happened. Like, they can't build it up the way they built up Roadblock. They have to build it up the way they would. There's a super show happening, and you just get to watch it because you're a network subscriber. Like, it has to feel like, look, we're putting on this super show in Hawaii. Hey, guess what? As a bonus, if you're a subscriber, you get to watch this show that we're doing for Hawaii. Not, we're putting on a pay-per-view for the world. Is there been an update at the subscriber number? Yes, they just did. Because um, it went from, what, 1.3 about four or five months ago to... I think now. It, it went to 1.3. And I think they just announced it at 1.44 million. I believe I just read... I think I read that today. And that's with the ad of how many more countries? Uh, I don't know. A bunch more. Yeah, right? But it was like, I think... I But then, like, like they do it so that there's... But there's paid and unpaid, right? Because the first month is free. So people cancel after the first month. So I think that their net growth over the last quarter mm. is somewhere around the 350,000. See, range. I have a, a billion nerdy questions about the business model in that and how yeah. it, they're, they're really cannibalizing themselves on the pay-per-view revenue, but neither here nor there. It's, it's, sm- it's very interesting on the business side. It's a long-term strategy for sure. I would say so. I mean, but it's what I think it's, it's smart. It's, I think it's a risk. It's a big risk, and it is smart. Yeah, I think you're right. I agree with you 100%. It's what HBO is doing. Like, it's not so much what Netflix is doing, because Netflix has always been Netflix. It's what HBO is doing. I was watching HBO, I was watching Silicon Valley over the weekend. Sunday, I watched Silicon Valley Sunday at 1 o'clock in the morning. That's my time to watch Silicon Valley. I think I was watching the same time. Probably. It's a great show. But I thought to myself, like, I don't remember when was the last time I turned on HBO. And they've made it so you don't have to subscribe to HBO on cable anymore. You can just pay 10 bucks a month and you get everything HBO has to right. offer streaming to watch whenever you want. 
And is that going to upset cable deals? Probably. People probably would cancel HBO. You know, are they losing money now? I don't know. Possibly. You know, I would guess they would be because they probably make a lot of money off their cable deals. But long term, is it the smart way to go? I think it is. You want to condition people to digesting your product on demand and easily uh, so that in the future, when that is how we digest content, HBO, WWE, Netflix, those are the names that we're used to digesting. And we've talked about this at length. The end of the day, what's going to determine if people are going to subscribe or not is, it sounds remedial, but it's king of content. Content. Got to have it. Content is king and that's it. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, and you got to keep coming up with new stuff the same way Netflix is doing. So breaking ground was the thing. At the Right now, the thing is Camp WWE. Who knows? It's, it's interesting. It's unique. Uh, and it's not... They're doing a good... I, I found... Uh, I, I feel like they're they're actually investing. The Edge and Christian show, for example, that's the other thing right now. When it first started, I was a little iffy on it. I feel like now, it's a really well put together show. I think Edge and Christian, I think Camp WWE, uh, Swerved has gotten better too. I think they're all these shows. I feel like they're actually investing some pretty heavy duty production value. Yeah, but how into. long do you invest in? And sorry, this conversation is a little nerdy, but I mean, it's wrestling. It's relevant in the sense that. How much longer can they invest in, and how much more new content can you have before you're not breaking? That's a public decision if you're on the stock yeah, market. And I think that they are in it for the long haul because I, 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 they know you don't start. You there is no end to producing original content, right? You can't keep bleeding money though. I don't, I don't know if they're bleeding. No money. one knows, right? We don't I, know. I don't. I'm sure we could look it up and go through the stuff. I don't think that they're bleeding money. I'm sure they're not making pay-per-view big profits but I, I do I still think it's like you you have to you have to use the money the company's making to reinvest in the company and I think this is the best strategy to reinvest in the company you know I think the network is and and you know as a tech person that you look at WWE even without your fandom and say this is if you're unbiased a very forward-thinking company I use it as an example on air all the time. Right. And to me, that has an intrinsic value. The only thing they have not executed on is I am adamant about bringing back the XFL. Yeah, that I think Without there might... he hate me, there's a serious, substantial amount of revenue to be lost. I feel like we're starting to drift into some bias. Um, <laughs> where, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering why there isn't WBF, World Bodybuilding Federation, content on the network. Yeah, what's that? Like, I don't understand. I swear to God, as a kid, I got into watching bodybuilding competitions just because I would eat whatever Vince McMahon fed me. I watched the World Bodybuilding Federation. It looks like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I am excited, though, about that show. And I think that's the way people need to look at it, as, as this is an exhibition super show, meaning we may eventually have another John Cena-Nakamura dream match, and that is going to be the match with a whole story behind it. This is like... Uh, Undertaker. Uh, I'm sorry, Andre versus Hulk Hogan at like Shea Stadium. Not totally. not Andre Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania three. You see the difference? Like this is this is an exhibition dream match versus a sort of uh, a, a, a product defining storytelling match. There's a big difference to be had. I'm looking us up tickets. You don't have to do that just yet. <laughs> um, uh. And speak, I, I love that the network, 
aside from business and tech stuff, that the network has opened up, not closed, opened this world of wrestling because there's just so much more room for content. Without the WWE Network, NXT would not be in the place that it's in right now. Had NXT not been in the place that it's in right now, um, we wouldn't have this partnership that WWE has with Evolve. Hence, we wouldn't have the Cruiserweight series that's coming up. But it's important this week to me to bring up WWE's partnership with Evolve. Please do. Because, uh, unfortunately, so the, the EC3 interview that was on this week, I recorded with him on Saturday morning. Saturday night, EC3 shows up at Evolve. And I was like, ah, I wish I had done it on Sunday morning. That's we okay. Had a I thought you were going about. to say you recorded it on a CD and the CD didn't work. No, 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 no. We've had that problem before. We have had that problem. But, um, so, so EC3, of course, this is probably my favorite thing that happened this week. EC3 shows up at Evolve uh, and interferes in the Drew Galloway match. And all of a sudden, and you don't even realize, you don't put two and two together. So the main event for Evolve on Saturday was Drew Galloway versus Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano, we know from NXT. Mm-hmm. Seen him a bunch of times. So he's wrestling uh, Drew McIntyre, who, or, or Drew Galloway, who we remember as Drew McIntyre, not very well used in WWE, was released uh, as a member of the three-man band, and is now, like, destroying on the indies, uh, and is the world heavyweight champion of TNA, as we speak. Uh, so... I didn't even really consider it. When I'm looking at Drew Galloway versus Johnny Gargano, I'm not even considering. This is interesting because now we've got the TNA heavyweight champion wrestling an NXT wrestler, which is pretty close to interpromotional warfare. Johnny Gargano not signed with NXT but used on a on a whatever, you know, that same Chiampa uh, deal. Um, and And Drew McIntyre, obviously the TNA champion. It didn't click for me until EC3 interfered in the match. And I'm going, this is amazing. EC3 comes away from it, and he starts cutting a promo about how the ball was dropped with him and with Drew Galloway. So now you've got this scenario where EC3 and Drew Galloway, arguably the top two guys in TNA, and by the way, two guys that weren't necessarily the biggest stars in the world before they got to TNA and are now TNA stars are in the ring basically talking about how WWE dropped the ball with them after beating up an NXT guy at a WWE somewhat co-promoted show. It was about as close to interpromotional warfare as you can possibly get. There's no way that we would get this close to having something like that. I mean, it's kind of, it's slightly earth-shattering to me Do as a wrestling Do you think that was fan. approved? I don't think Evolve is doing anything that WWE isn't approving. I 100% think that it was approved. And I think that that is Hunter. That's Triple H. Smart. And his foresight into the way people not only watch wrestling, but consume content in general. Right. Look at you. The some of the look at YouTubers. YouTubers are some of the most successful people in entertainment right now, and they're doing it themselves. I mean, these are people with millions and millions of fans on products that they've created. They're just doing these YouTube videos. YouTubers tend to not be competitive with each other. 
You don't see YouTubers like the way radio was back in the day. You come on and do a morning show, you're going to attack whatever the top morning show is in your area Mm -hmm. to try to get their listeners, and it's a fight, and it's a war, and it's great. But nowadays, YouTubers, for instance, are not attacking each other. YouTubers collaborate. YouTubers go, well, you have an audience, and I have an audience. If I do a video with you, and you do a video with me, then why don't we, we'll actually share an audience. Both of our audiences get bigger, and that's better for both of us. And I think that that is a mentality that is new. That's why I have Peter Rosenberg from Cheap Heat on my serious show. And I would have him on this show. Because it's like, there's, there's no, it's not a competition. You're putting products out there. You're not head-to-head. And people can consume both. And if you can get people talking, that is not at the expense of your product. And the old way of thinking is you bury the other wrestling promotion and you make yourselves look better. As opposed to... What if we just get people talking? Or as I like to say, there's enough to go around. Right, right. And this goes back to what I was saying last week, which is bringing guys in like Eric Young, open up the wrestling world, and we'll make all shows better. Because WWE is actually lending TNA credibility now. And I don't know if they intended to. Uh, I don't know if that's why they're doing it, because they're also getting something out of it. But when WWE brings... And Bobby Roode, they just announced this week, is going to be on the NXT UK tour. Bobby Roode is wrestling as Bobby Roode, former TNA world champion, is going to be on the the UK tour. So it's like when you have guys like Bobby Roode and Eric Young and Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, and all these guys are using the same names they used in TNA, same basic characters they used in TNA, um... Even James Storm a couple months back. It it does lend credibility to TNA. And it does allow TNA an opportunity to become an even better product. Um, it also may, gives the wrestlers in TNA a mentality that we have a place to go. EC3 can sit there and say, well, when my contract runs out, who knows? Maybe I can be a big star in NXT. Right. Like, it's not closed off anymore. So that's going to make me perform better Because even if I'm not happy in TNA, which he seemed like he was in the interview, creating a buzz for myself now has a value because there are places to go. Um, I think that lending TNA credibility is going to make TNA shows better. It's going to make stuff like what happened at Evolve uh, uh, happen more, which is good for wrestling. It gets people talking again. And, and, And this is how we start, I think. Making everything better. And whether Hunter is doing all of this, like, knowingly, like, whether he's overthinking this to the level that I am, or he's just doing things that make sense to him, it's really, really good business to me. Really good. It's just like Hunter is tired of winning. So he's just going to give some people over just out of charity. Well, you know what? He's not winning. He's winning. WWE is winning because there's no competition. But are they winning? Right. So they're like, let's create some, we're going to create our own competition against, it's reverse, reverse psychology. Right. Right, Katie Landall. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Which is a double negative. But, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, um, the other thing I find interesting. So, um. So where does that go from here, though? What? They they evolve, like, with those kind of, or those moments continue to happen? I think they have a great possibility to continue to happen. You know, the more we see guys like Gargano and Ciampa and people like that being used on NXT as well as Evolve shows, the more it's public. And now, I mean, you know, you got a guy like Drew Gulak 
who's been on this podcast before, who's now been on WWE.com multiple times. I have a feeling, I think guys like, I think Drew Gulak is going to do very well in the Cruiserweight tournament. Um, and I think that he is then going to go back on the indies. And what that does is it adds a WWE credibility to him, but it allows him to not be fully controlled by WWE. So it's kind of an anything can happen here. And we enter into a state of wrestling, no pun intended, where really crazy stuff can go down, like what we saw at Evolve on Saturday night. I loved it. I loved the whole thing. Um, and so so does it go any place specific? I don't think so. I don't think that that's an ongoing storyline now. But, you know, I think if TNA is smart, they bring that to their TV show. You know, they say, hey, you know, you might see this guy on NXT, but our guys beat him up at Evolve. You know, take credit for it on the TV show. I would. You know, have EC3 and Drew Galloway go on TNA TV and talk about how they beat up Johnny Gargano and talk about how they went to Hunter's show and talked about how he didn't use them. I go for it. Like, 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 let him know. Be rebellious. Let TNA be a rebellious company. Like, take some shots. Be better. Driving with a tank. Yeah. Yeah, that's how WWE did it. That's how they came up from behind. Um, they weren't as far behind, but they certainly came up from behind. Now, something very interesting is happening in WWE, though. We were trying to figure out, how do you like, you watch Raw, obviously. How do you like What's going on right now as we head to Extreme Rules, specifically in the world title picture? Love it. You do? Yep. The whole AJ Styles. Love it. Roman Reigns. Give my MVPs of the week to the Good Brothers in AJ Styles. <laughs> That's not their name. The club in AJ Styles. Yeah. And Charlotte. Charlotte. On the, on the female side. Charlotte was good. Charlotte was real She's good. She's killing it. Um, well, and, and we saw Brooke, Dana Brooke. Yes. That's big. Yes. Uh, Emma Emma is going to be a big star over there you now. Called that. Yep, yep. I I love it's those little gloves. I love everything Emma's <laughs> doing at the moment. But um, what's, you know what's interesting is the the club is now. It's not AJ Styles and the club. AJ Styles is in the club. AJ Styles, That's correct. Which was a bit of a surprise to me. I didn't think that that's the way they would go. They really but, drove that home on Raw. Now, how do you feel about the fact that we do not have defined? good guy, bad guy with AJ and Roman. It's kind of just who you like. I mean, technically, Roman Reigns is the good guy and AJ Styles is the bad guy, but it's not good guy, bad guy. It's like, just who do you like? There's just two groups and they do things differently and they're both kind of... Roman Reigns is in it for himself, one versus all. He's not a good guy, bad guy. He's the guy. AJ Styles and the club don't play by the rules. So nobody is really a good guy or a bad guy do you like that? I think you have to agree that that final match on Raw, just mm-hmm. the ambiance, the entrances start to finish. The fu- you mean the, the tag match? Yes. Not the final final. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. one up. You knew it was going to be a solid match. Yes. I could watch that every week. And the Roman, I mean, who the Roman-AJ match was incredible at the pay-per-view. At the last yes. pay-per-view. Yes, consistent. And that was both of those guys, by the way. That wasn't anybody carrying anybody. That was both of those guys. I agree. But uh, I also, as of this week, am really getting into this sort of uh, gray area that's going on with AJ and Roman. Um, I think it will be continued to be defined as it is being defined. Um, But I do like that they're, they're kind of operating in this gray space. I think it's cool 
and I think it's different, and I think it's 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 interesting. It's it's it, it's a new way to do things. And after all, check the back of your hat. This is the new era. Right. <laughs> Did you notice that? <laughs> How many times did that get dropped? So we have. What do we have? The uh, the new generation. Uh-huh. This is this is the full circle. We go. We go from the new generation to the attitude era to the ruthless aggression era to the PG era to the new era. Isn't that interesting? Is that in sequence? I think so. Unless I'm, it's definitely in sequence. I might be missing, missing one. Missing one. There might be. You could argue that there might be a little something between the new generation and the attitude era. I mean, if it would, it'd be the uh, almost out of business era. <laughs> that is what I guess you would call it. But <laughs> there's, uh, there's, uh, yeah, no, those are trash. <laughs> exactly. Those are the eras as I see them, uh, and I, I like that they're embracing that this is a new era. And I, in a minute, I want to talk about uh, the guys that are coming back because Vince McMahon said in a conference call a lot of guys are coming back soon and WWE is prepared to have more talent on the roster than they've ever had before before we get there the club this is very important I thought you were going to talk about Hornswoggle's release with that we, we should talk about the releases but the club is important mm-hmm. because the club got a major major emphasis on Monday Night Raw at the same time the WWE didn't signed the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club still exists. And I watched Global Wars, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, Sunday, on a whim. I, I ordered it, and it was great. <laughs> it was really, really good. Our pal Dalton Castle. Your pal. N- number one. <laughs> you correct me. <laughs> number one contender. You don't want to be one of the boys? Nope. Oh. Number one contender for the television title now. Um, amazing tag title match between Briscoes and War Machine. Uh... And uh, great to see Colt Cabana back against Jay. For Nato, my new favorite Japanese dude. I mean, I knew he was great before, but I love him. Um, and Colt Cabana versus Jay Lethal. And I don't want to be that guy, but I did. I did see it coming. Ends. So the Young Bucks before the pay per view, they go. There's going to be the world's biggest super kick party, and a new member of the Bullet Club is coming. So they do their uh, eight-man tag, Bullet Club. Uh, Bullet Club wins. No super kicks are thrown. No new member. So I go, obviously, you know, this is... I, I, honestly, I said, well, obviously, you know, Adam Cole is joining the Bullet Club at the end of the show. <laughs> That's what I said in my head. Because Adam Cole has been off TV with people speculating that he was going to NXT. But I thought this was Ring of Honor being genius again and working the internet a little bit. And it turns out they were. Because... The lights go out in the middle of the main event. Colt Cabana, after five years, seven years, however long it's been, is back in Ring of Honor, trying to be the champion finally for the first time ever. Lights go out. Jay Lethal and Colt Cabana, nowhere to be seen. The lights come back on. Young Bucks are out there. They've got two Bullet Club shirts. They throw the shirts to Cabana and Jay Lethal. You're saying to yourself, are Cabana and Jay Lethal now in the Bullet Club? Lights go out again. Who comes? Who's there between the Young Bucks when the lights come back? Adam Cole, baby. Baby. Another friend of the podcast. And it was great. It was very NWO. I mean, it was like an episode of Nitro. It was like it was like Bash at the Beach. It was it was very not the Hawaiian one. It was very, very old school WCW. But that's what the Bullet Club is. It's a bunch of like NWO wrestling fans getting to relive their fantasies. And that's I think one of the things that makes it attractive. Um but I think Adam Cole 
is a great addition to the Bullet Club. I'm telling you, and I said this, I hope when it happens, everybody gives me credit because I said this on the podcast a year ago. I said it a month ago. I keep, Adam Cole is going to be one of these giant stars. He's the best at everything. He's great. You trust me on that, Linendahl. Adam Cole is going to be just one of the big stars. I will trust you on that. And not as a aside, but just last week alone, not to talk you up, mm-hmm. Sam, mm-hmm. but the acknowledgement of seven feet tall. I mean, <laughs> oh. like you make some really weird but on-spot predictions. We could talk about big cast too. but um, My point is trust your predictions I for the most that. part. I appreciate that. So Adam Cole is now in the Bullet Club. Um, so it's, 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 it's interesting to see the WWE – is doing what kind of TNA gets criticized for, right? Like, WWE is now taking a gimmick from another place and just kind of reusing it, even though the other place is still doing it. So the Bullet Club exists in New Japan and Ring of Honor. Obviously, they have a partnership, so that's how that works. But... It's another thing where I I, I think it's going to work. You know, I, I, I love seeing Gallows, Anderson, and AJ Styles together. I would probably have come up with a different name than the club. The Good Brothers. The Good Brothers, at least it's a different name. I give you that. But I think now WWE has also decided to lend credibility to Ring of Honor, amazingly enough. Because now you're going to see the Bullet Club... And people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's what the club is based on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the club is like a bootleg version of the Bullet Club. When I was in high school, I would have said, yeah, the club on Raw is a bootleg version of the Bullet Club. That's what they are. They're the bootleg club. That's what I would – that it is. Even though these are the founding members, right? Yeah. But they're not the Bullet Club anymore. They left the Bullet Club. That's they're, why they're the club. Right. But the Bullet Club is still there. And now it's super cool because now it's not just like, – it's Kenny Omega – who's the the man, Adam Cole, who's like my favorite wrestler ever, everybody knows this by now, and the Bucks, who are the coolest tag team in the world at the moment. So what's your point? That it's interesting that WWE decides to do something that is obviously derivative of something that's already being done, even though not on WWE TV, you could argue on a higher level, you know, as opposed to like, and, and yes, Gallows, Anderson, AJ Styles look like much bigger stars than the people in the Bullet Club. 100%, no doubt about that. But what the Bullet Club did at Ring of Honor is still cooler, which is important, the cool factor. What the Bullet Club is doing is still cooler than what the club is doing at the moment. So as much as... You're signing over Bullet Club members. Like, they signed over their four New Japan guys, obviously, to make an impact with the hardcore wrestling fans, right? With all the sort of smart marks. So, I'm wondering if that will still be effective. I think it will be to an extent, but it's just interesting to note that the Bullet Club still exists and is existing in America and is still... Would you have just done things completely different? If I were... Instead of doing the club at all, would you have just, like, shifted gears? Yeah, I probably would have done something different. I I wouldn't have—I might have teamed them together. I probably would have recreated the Shield 
because that's my creation if I'm WWE. I probably would have recreated the shield with Gallows, Anderson, and Roman. Oh, that's a pretty good idea, dude. That's probably what I would have done. I would have been like the Shield 2.0, Gallows, Anderson, and Rome. Because, by the way, Gallows and Anderson can both be stars. So, it's an, again, you're doing what you did before. Um, that's probably what I would have done to avoid. And then forget it. Let the Bullet Club be the past. We're the future. That's what I would have done. And that, that discredits the Ring of Honor Bullet Club a little bit because that's the past. We're moving on. And then, you know, and then you've got to, and then maybe Finn Balor comes out to help AJ to be like, what are you guys doing? You're not the shield. You remember this? And he just throws up the gun symbols. And you're still playing on that Bullet Club history, but the Bullet Club is history. Not a total move for, for potential for potential Balor Club. Mm-hmm. So we have the Balor Club, the Bullet Club, and Sam's Club. That's what I would have named them, Sam's Club. Mm-hmm. I would have booked myself mm-hmm. as the leader. And put my hands up as guns and be like, Sam's Club. You're like, y'all got a membership? You can't come through these doors. Exactly. Let me what? see your card. Who do you think guys, people think you are? <laughs> right. Sam's Club. Sam's Club. Sam's Club. You can't we, beat us. Nope. No way. No sirree, Bob. Uh, how about Big Cass being used as a giant on Raw? Were you dying? Loved it. But did you have? Did you also think that what I was thinking, like, they're acknowledging that he's seven feet tall. I was like, that's it. That's are we where... crazy? Are we delusional? That... Maybe I look. Well, the answer's yes, but in that regards, come on, man. I'm I was ha- I'm always happy to see the things that I think should be happening. I slow clapped you happening. And by the way, Cass was standing next to Jericho like a seven foot tall man stands, and Jericho, to his credit, was reacting to Big Cass like one would react to a seven foot tall guy. Jericho's looking up at him, even when Stephanie said seven foot tall, she puts her hand up in the air. Jericho looks up at it. It's highlighted. Cass is a giant. And when Enzo comes back, and I saw some some people are worried, like, Cass is going to be this big star and Enzo's going to get... Like, Enzo, as Dusty Rhodes once said, just hand him a mic, baby. <laughs> like, Enzo's always going to be fine. So, and I think Enzo and Cass are going to be well, great Well, I don't even once. foresee that at the moment. Right, I don't think that's you it. You know it's when you have, like, a Sin Cara, uh, Kalisto moment, you're like, eh, jeez, that's not gonna... I don't see that happening. No, me neither. They, they feel each other, they have good balance. Exactly, that's exactly right. I just, I, if anything, I think that this uh, individual time... Enzo's got it. Enzo's ready whenever you are. Enzo has it. He's done. He's out of the oven. This time that he's injured is beneficial to both him and Cass... Because it's allowing Cass to feel more comfortable by himself. It's allowing Cass to establish himself as being how tall? Seven feet tall. Right. And and, and work on his spelling. Yes, and work on his spelling and, and lending uh, audience uh, credibility to Cass. I think it's good. I actually thought when he came out, I was like, how's he going to approach this? Right. you know, that entrance is so integral to both right. of them. Right, But they're giving him a shot, man. I love... I like it. I love... How they're giving these new guys a shot every week. I love seeing it. Like, they're really pushing these guys forward. They're giving Sami Zayn a moment to shine. They're giving Cass a moment to shine. They're doing what we always wanted them to do. I think it's really good. And they're even doing, and I have never been a too much McMahon guy. I don't think there is ever too much McMahon. But they're even doing less McMahons to kind of uh, uh, give credence to that. Um, Let's talk about... uh, um, the returns before we talk about the releases. Actually, let's talk about the releases so we end on a more positive note. The releases this week. Were you surprised by any of them? The releases were 
Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. I don't like that you laugh at Hornswoggle. No, I'm not laughing at that. Hornswoggle. That was the one I remember right off the top of my head, so I thought it was significant. Oh. Hornswoggle. Shut up. (laughs) Hornswoggle. (laughs) Uh, Torito. Um, Alex Riley. Cameron. Santino. Damian Sandow. Who am I missing? I said Alex Riley, right? You did, and that was one I was going to ask you about. But also, I thought Sandow was probably the biggest news of all. Sandow probably that was trending. Sandow was the biggest news. Yeah, Sandow to me was the biggest news. Um, if only because he was technically on the active roster. You know what I mean? He was not. I mean, he wasn't. Oh, of course, Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett was oh. not a surprise though, because he we knew he had asked for his release already. They just gave it to him early. Um, so I mean, I, why were you surprised at Wade Barrett? Uh, well, no, but we talked about this before. We kind of, it was kind of foreshadowing or we foresaw that coming. Right. Because he said, I'm leaving. Yeah. So it, I, I think they were just but like, kind of like, where does he go from there? You would know better than I do. Oh, oh. And, uh, Zeb Coulter. Zeb Coulter got I released. I know about Zeb Coulter. Yeah. Zeb got released. Yep. He's going to have to work for Trump on building that wall. I think he will. He don't mind. He'll direct the wall building. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a beautiful wall. Let's go, Paco. All right, Zeb. Like, relax. I'm rude. Yeah, um, yeah. I I think uh, I think Barrett was just over it. You know, I hate to see that. I hate it when people. But just... where do you go from like someone like him that's still such a? I mean, if he wants to keep wrestling, he can make a ton of dough on the indies. He can go to Japan. He can go to TNA. He can make a lot of money. Um, they've already, by the way, this is Pat Buck for you. Pat Buck puts in the hours, working overtime. Pat Buck decided to book Hornswoggle, Damian Sandow, and Zeb Coulter are already their first outside of WWE event is going to be the Wrestle Pro show. You serious? On June 11th. Yep. All three of those at Wrestle Pro on June 11th. You serious, Clark? Yeah. <laughs> um, Going to that. So I think uh, I think TNA. TNA needs to sign Damien Sandow. That's the no-brainer. Well, I think, you know, going back, what, almost over a year now, mm-hmm. he always had that potential, and then it just got so weird after the whole missed out thing. It and did. then it was like it had that one peak moment where he came back as himself. And it didn't... And it didn't, it just... I'll tell you, to me... What an up-down. To me, the boat... If you're going to say WWE missed the boat on Sandow, which is an argument you could make... The boat was missed when he lost his Money in the Bank match against John Cena. I don't know if you guys have the photographic memory that I do for pro wrestling, but it is incredible. You do remember Miz Dow as the. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Miz Dow. You do remember Damian Sandow as the Money in the Bank champion. Remember, he had the the brown leather briefcase. If you guys want a funny interview, go to my interview. That's right. With Damian Sandow. This is even before we were doing stuff together, Katie. Go to my interview with Damian Sandow from SummerSlam when he had his Money in the Bank briefcase, and he stayed in character the whole time. You and I interviewed him, but that's not the interview I'm talking about. Damian Sandow had his Money in the Bank briefcase, and he stayed in character the whole time. (laughs) I love that interview. It was a great interview. Um, But he cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase against John Cena on an episode of Monday Night Raw, and the crowd was so on his side. Even if you had given him the title for a second, like you did to Ziggler, like just something. But when John Cena pinned him, 
it was that moment. It was one of those things where you they had read it wrong. To me, I believe that that moment was read wrong. I, by the way, John Cena, one of the greatest champions of all time. But that moment, to me, mm. was read wrong. And I personally believe that that was the moment that the boat was missed for Sandow. He had lots of ups and downs. He had the Mizdow thing, which, while it was happening, was one of the hottest things on TV. Didn't pan out afterwards. Uh he had the the macho uh, Sandow, whatever it was called, uh, thing, which was fun to watch. But then Hulk Hogan gets erased from WWE, so that's you know put on the kibosh. Sandow was always good at making things work. Uh, I have no doubt that whatever he does after this in wrestling will work. I really think that TNA needs to get him immediately. What was the ups and downs with, with uh, Alex Riley? Well, Alex Riley's an interesting case. Um, because he always seemed kind of pissed, but I don't know if that was, a, like, character pissed. Well, this is—I I firmly believe—I think Sandow was—and by the way, these guys may not regret it at all. I'm not saying they shouldn't have been this way. Barrett, his release, he wanted it. Hornswoggle and Torito, obviously they were moving on from—they from, didn't have anything for them. And same with Zeb. They just didn't have anything for those three anymore. I can understand it. I believe that Damian Sandow, Alex Riley, and Cameron all could have possibly, I'm not saying could have saved their jobs, but I don't think it helped any of them that they weren't, ter- that they were negative on social media. All three of them oh, Cameron was? were negative on social media. Cameron, when Ryback, who by the way, all of his merchandise this week went on sale. All of it. Every piece of Ryback merchandise is in the sales section on WWE Shop. Um, so that, I mean, that tells you something, doesn't it? That may, I don't think the releases are necessarily done. But, uh, and same thing, and could, by the way. You could have, instead of the pre-show stopper, you could have the big sale guy. So <laughs> we could work with that. It's, it's, it's not there yet. I can make it work. We'll work with it. Um, I also don't think Adam Rose is at all safe. Because, you know what? Can we talk about that for a second? What do you do in that predicament, though? Here's what it is. And break it down because some people might not know. Adam Rose is suspended for a wellness policy uh, violation. Uh, According to him and his doctor, and I believe him, it was an unfair wellness policy violation. He was using prescribed Adderall that he uses for his ADHD or whatever. And he was public about it. He got suspended. He went out. He publicly said on Twitter that it's, you know, bullshit. He didn't use the term bullshit, but, you know, he, he said that. Then... He tweeted out, he literally scanned his doctor's note and tweeted it out. Like, he tweeted out his note from his doctor. You I'm know, torn on that one, though. I get the frustration. I get the emotion behind it. I don't know. When you're being challenged on something of that magnitude, though, that could really damage your reputation, I know you can't make that move. It's I, To me, I, uh, it's... look, I'll take it from, from Adam Rose's standpoint. I get it 100%. That's an infuriating position to be put in. That's a. But that's, how do you legitimize yourself? How do you back yourself up with that? Right. And, and like, it's a stigma that's hard to wash off yeah. publicly. It's tough. But if I'm an employer, that's a catch twenty two, dude. But if I'm the employer, you know, I don't, I don't want oh, you're that. Not I don't want that, that no. energy around me. Like I'd be like, you know what? We could. There are ways you could have figured this out. You know. I wouldn't have done it. I also just feel like that opened up like a dialogue for, I mean, he scanned a psychiatrist or a doctor, whatever doctor, it was. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. I don't think it was a smart move. I think it was an emotional move. And I don't think in business you can be emotional. 
Same thing with Ryback. Number one, I'm first of all, I don't feel comfortable commenting on Ryback's idea of how wrestlers should get paid because I don't think anybody but wrestlers should be talking about how wrestlers should get paid. In my feeble mind, I kind of get the system and how it works and how, you know, whatever, stars would be paid more. I don't, but I would never argue a wrestler talking about pay scale. I would sit back and listen because they're the ones who actually live it. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't write an essay about, you know, Mm-mm. about, you know, what my problem was with WWE if well, I, I had... I think at the end of the day, too, we all have frustrations with... Companies that we work for. I mean, it's, it's inevitable. If you yes. don't, there's something wrong. Right. And there's a, there's a way to do it. And there's, you know, to get that specific and everything. So I, I think that that's going to end up being a problem for Ryback and for Adam Rose. I think Cameron tweeted out a thing to Ryback that said, here, here, like agreed with what Ryback was saying. Like she publicly supported Ryback's essay about what WWE is doing wrong. Hmm. Dumb move to me. Very dumb move. Um, Very. Yeah. And then and then wrote an essay about how she was being cyberbullied because people didn't like that she agreed with Ryback. And it's like, Cameron, like you can't take a position on something like that wholeheartedly and then be surprised that people disagree with you. But I think that did her in. I think, uh, you know, Sandow constantly trying to get the fans on Twitter to rally against what WWE had for him and try to force their hand. You know, I think that there's a delicate way to do that. And I think Sandow wasn't all that delicate about it. And maybe he didn't want to be delicate about it. And that's fine. But I don't think that did him any favors. And uh, Alex Riley. So Alex Riley is an interesting story. Because he was like brought in as kind of a blue chipper. You remember he went, he was Miz's guy. And when Miz was in the main event of WrestleMania, he was with him at ringside. Right. And he was like looked at as going to be a big thing. And much like Miz Dow, uh, he parted ways with Miz and became a babyface. Because everybody was chanting for Alex Riley when he was at ringside with the Miz. By the way, both those cases go to my point last week about the Miz being one of the best heels in the company. The fact that he can gain, as a heel, can gain sympathy for the people that he has at ringside with him. That's the only reason why Virgil became a star. Virgil is terrible. But the only reason why he became a star was because Ted DiBiase was such a good heel. Because Ted DiBiase could gain sympathy for the guy that is at ringside with him. So that's what The Miz was able to do for both Sandow and Alex Riley. Uh, Alex Riley ends up not panning out for whatever reason. They take him off TV. He's not doing anything. He ends up uh, commentating. He ends up doing pre-shows. He ends up back wrestling at NXT. But constantly is writing tweets, whether it's part of his Rage Riley Rage character or not. He's constantly writing tweets uh, about how much more work he's doing than people that are getting pushed ahead of him. Is that real? I mean, nobody's asking him to do it. It's not part of a gimmick. Unless it's his own gimmick that he's trying to get over, which is possible. But, I mean, we even saw that in some of the promos on NXT. Right. Which you couldn't tell it. But, like, he's going on Twitter and and talking about, like, like basically insulting the signees that are coming in. And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, can't do it. You just can't. And, and, he, and he started coming across as bitter. Like, it didn't make sense what he was saying. He hadn't proven anything. You're talking about guys... Just because you've been in the Performance Center every day doesn't take away the fact that you've got guys coming in and they've been wrestling around the world in front of people for 15 years. Like, wrestling fans know these guys' history. Nobody's looking at Kevin Owens and being like, where did you come from? It's documented. It's on DVD. 
Like, like it's not YouTube it. Well, the other challenge there, too, is when you make a move of that nature in any business capacity, then another employer is looking at you and thinking, hey, you might do the same thing with us. Right. And I don't think that Alex Riley has enough of a foundation. He started it, but he doesn't have enough of a foundation. It's you like know, when someone tells you dirt and you're like, thanks for that dirt. Dude, you're like disloyal. Right. That's the end of you trusting them. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that uh, Alex Riley. I mean, Alex Riley could go to TNA and I think TNA could use him. Um, to me, Damian Sandow, and, and I mean, if Wade Barrett wants to wrestle again, uh, TNA needs to put the title on him today and then sign him. You know what I mean? Like, that's how quick they need Wade Barrett. But uh, I think Damian Sandow would be a huge asset to them. And I'm sure they could do something with Alex Riley, but he, I don't think that he's the asset that uh, uh, he might uh, portray himself as on Twitter. He's a good guy, you know, and he's talented, but I, he's not He's not on that level. It might be a rookie question, but you know the better details of it, I'm sure, um, than I do with What's the sit-out period? Um, I think it's 30 days. I think that would explain why the June 11th WrestlePro show is the first time Hornswoggle, Sandow, and Zeb are going to be there. Yeah, I think it's 30 days. I think he paid a lot for him. Who? Pat oh, Buck. Pat Buck? I mean, I think they're making good money. I mean, I don't know why. Do you want to pay for him? No. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> my seven-year-old niece is having a yeah. birthday party. Will they come over to my house to watch the pay-per-view with me? Same price. No bumps. Sweet 16. <laughs> yeah. Well, they go to a super sweet 16. I don't 16. know. I just, I'm, I'm interested in the business. I have a quinceanera. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm sure they make, you know, decent money. You know. Um, and they'll draw a lot of people, so I think they're worth it. Uh, but let's talk about, before we end today's uh, program, the returns. Vince McMahon on the conference call this week uh, talks about uh, the returns that are coming to WWE. Uh, of course, Seth Rollins. I feel like uh, Seth Rollins comes back. I think he's going to be... He, I think <laughs> Seth Rollins is not the hero we want. Seth Rollins is the hero we need. He's the baby face we need. There's no, And I said this by the, the day he got injured. He comes back a baby face. There's no getting around it. Um, and I think Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are the key feud. I think Seth Rollins comes back to take on Roman Reigns. Thoughts? I mean, you've been saying that for months. I think that's where you go. I think Seth Rollins needs the title back. I miss Seth Rollins so much. I think Seth Rollins needs the title you back. You do. You've written him a letter every single day since every he's day. been gone. He'll write me back one of these days. If not, I'm going to drive off a bridge like Stan. But, yeah, yeah, I think that's where you go with that. You think that's the right move? I don't know. I feel like everything's... What's your hesitation? My hesitation is that going right back to the the beginning of our conversation on this particular podcast, just the amount of stuff that's just happening Mm -hmm. and they're allowing it to just flow. Who Mm -hmm. knows, man? That's true. Anything can happen. You're 100% right about that. At this period in time. That said, Randy Orton is coming back soon. What do you do with Randy Orton? That's a tough one. I think I got, I got an idea. Oh, yeah. Go, go. You don't have any ideas. And that's okay if you don't. As I've said many times, Sam, mm-hmm. say it for me. Mm-hmm. That you're going to, you're going to, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't I'm know. smart. Right. I'm not smart at wrestling fantasy booking. <laughs> okay. So here, check this out. And you tell me if you like it. Go for it. Randy Orton comes out to the ring. Huge baby face. I think he'll be cheered when he comes out. Right? And he, maybe he beats like, uh, Baron Corbin, 
or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. He's there, though. Or maybe he comes out, he jumps Baron Corbin. He does something. He gets his baby face pop. The lights go out. The lights come back on. Who's staring at Randy Orton in the face? Virgil. The Eater of Worlds, Katie. That's good. Bray Wyatt. And all of a sudden, That's good. you've now shifted Randy Orton into a path that puts him being a heel. Because Bray Wyatt, you think Randy Orton's getting a baby face pop. Wait till the pop Bray Wyatt gets. Bray Wyatt's sister Abigail's Randy Orton. I think the first feud back for Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt is Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. Then you can disperse them back into the main roster with all this new talent. And honestly, do you think there's anything better? Or do you like that? I love that. I I love that. I love that. Um, And then John Cena, honestly, even though it's repetitive, I'm not against Rusev winning the U.S. title uh, from Kalisto and then having John Cena restart the— Rusev? Yeah, beat beat Rusev and then doing the Wimbledon challenge again. Do you want to quit? <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. Do you want to quit? No, because and, and Charles Robinson he breathed. Yeah. Do you want to quit? <laughs> and Charles Robinson couldn't referee that match. Anyway. Oh man, not to be trusted. Kyoto only. Um, but yeah, because I think that the U.S. title, I think the Intercontinental title is in a great place. World title is in a great place. Women's title is in a great place. Tag title is in a good place. U.S. title is not in a great place at the moment. Just because Sin Cara's back. It's just been it, it's been a little washed down. A lot of pre-show matches with Ryback. So, I think that, that John Cena doing the Wimbledon is a refresher that, uh, that the U.S. title needs. That's where I'd go with him. But, who knows? My opinion may change. Something I wanted to say a couple weeks ago, and I yes. did not, about the refs. Go for it. Because I thought it was... I, I re-watched, and I think we all did, uh, over the replay, the whole Enzo concussion sure. situation. Sure. Kudos to that ref. And I was looking up who that was because I wanted to give him a shout out. But to react quickly, you don't have much time. Mm -mm. And heaven forbid you do have a spine or a a neck injury. Right. You can't move him. No. Like he had to make a bold decision. Do I jack this up and do the right thing? Or do I. I can't imagine what was going through his head. And I, I really respect how that was handled. Yes. And how he erred on the side of that caution. I don't know. Maybe that's super nerdy. What was his name? I looked it up. I forgot. <laughs> but, you know, he did. No, you're right, because Simon Gotch came the over. The man with the yellow <laughs> Simon Gotch came over and started oh. to kind of, and grabbed Enzo, and the referee was smart enough to be like, nope, don't do it. Don't do it. Which is not the fault of Simon Gotch. He's a wrestler doing what wrestlers do. But, um. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good, too. Uh, you know what else is good? Yeah. It's that Katie.show podcast. You can listen to Katie.show. It's the. Tech Lifestyles podcast hosted by Katie Lindendahl comes out every week. You can get it on iTunes by searching Katie.show or go to www.katie.show. Is that right? You know what was on there this last episode? What? The smartest mathematician in the world who says that the universe has secret patterns and codes all around us that break down what the universe is all about. Check that out. You can get smarter. Mm -hmm. Um, And for everything else that you don't need to get smarter for, you can go to NotSam.com. Daily YouTube uploads now I've, I've my, I'm my own boss and I've increased my workload I've now committed to daily YouTube uploads every day there's a different video that goes up it's good stuff Monday through Friday it's ridiculous ridiculous but every Thursday of course State of Wrestling bonus show even more of this if you need more we'll see you next week for another wrestling podcast Katie Chesky 
Before we go, I want to remind you about all those times when we need a let uh, when we need a little extra money. I've got an easy way that's going to solve all your problems. Uber. You can drive with them. You see, it's a smartphone app that connects riders with drivers. Uh, as a driver, it's going to help you make extra money uh, driving your own car. It's flexible. You don't quit your day job. You just make more money because Uber is going to allow you to do it on your own schedule. Whenever you need to make extra money, you just turn the app on and you drive. A few hours here, a few hours there. It all adds up quick, and it's really easy to get started. Go to drivewithuber.com, sign up for free. Do it right now on your phone if you want to. Then answer a few basic questions about you and your car. You're probably going to get approved. After that, start driving. That's it. Told you it was easy. Start enjoying the flexibility of working when you want and earning extra money on your schedule. Sign up to Drive with Uber today. Go to drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drive with U-B-E-R.com. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.